0: four guys in a comic your hosts red rusty tap and nova
1: all right everyone welcome to four guys in a comic this is red and we also have tap and
2: nova <laughs> <laughs> i threw you guys on the yeah, spot I there, there for a, a minute I? going is he gonna say anything what's going
1: on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i figured to let you guys introduce yourselves but we are missing a member of the crew Good today rusty. Yeah. yes rusty He's he too is too busy curly. for us he is on a, a, a quest for his next Infinity Stone, I believe it is.
2: Yeah, called. The, I'm not going to tell you I guys when so, I'm yeah. on stone. <laughs> 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 just kidding, Rusty. We love you.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, uh, so speak for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Rusty, you can edit that part out yourself.
3: <laughs> I'm just playing. Hey,
1: so. Hey, got a lot of stuff going on this last week in comics good lord at least from the image side of the house what about you guys have you seen a lot from the the dc side holy god have we seen a lot from the dc side lately (laughs) Um, yes we have okay so we got we got a lot to cover lots to cover uh and just a little bit of time to do it because who, who do you got coming on the show later we got uh steve steve is coming Let's go ahead and dive into it. Who wants to go first? Should we make an image first or make a DC first? I
2: don't care. Giving you guys a chance. I don't know,
1: man.
4: I feel like
2: if it's DC, um, it's going
1: to okay, well, be a
2: while. <laughs> before
4: we, before we, yeah, before we um, dip our toes into e- either pool, um, I wanted to ask what you guys typically use for, I don't know, if you want to check uh, comic news. Because I used to use comicbookresources.com. That was my, like, uh, oh, go-to yeah, website. Okay. But they've uh-huh. they've changed it now, and it looks – I hate the new look of it, and I just re- – I never go on it anymore because it's I so – I actually keep
2: yes. hearing that from people. Yeah, I agree. It's It used, I to, used to, to be u-
4: so dense, and there was just so much info everywhere. Now it's this weird, like, generic website with, like the, – the news they show is actually really – like news I don't care about it barely it has nothing to do with the comics it's all about the shows and stuff which is fine I was gonna
2: say my my go to but I guess then again my go to I mainly only go to it strictly for the movies and shows and whatnot. but my go to is superhero Um I love that site they don't it is definitely more geared towards shows and movies I mean there's there's some comic stuff in there as well but um I don't know. Superherohype.com is always where I've always gone. I really dig it, um, mainly because well, I'm really big into the movies and the shows. That's probably one of my favorite aspects. So,
1: yeah, I say for myself, you know, I've, I've been using for a while, you know, comic book resources, and I've faded away out of that. I think now, you know, we're on the publicity list for what? Aftershock, Shock, everybody DC, but Marvel, Dynamite, Dark Horse. IDW, image, yeah, Valiant. Since we're on these publicity lists, whenever we get to these emails, I like yep. to, to read through them, and then they have links, I click through them. And I've been finding you know, that I actually get more information from the emails that yeah. we get straight from the publishers than from any other place. And at least now I know that the information that I'm reading is actually genuine. You know, that When I read other places, I'm like... Is this true? Is this yeah. not true? Was the confirmation on this? At least now I know, okay, this the information I'm getting now is correct, and I can re- rely it back to our listeners and to the people in our uh, social media without having to worry about my information being incorrect because I can source it.
4: Yeah, no, that is true. <laughs> so that was courtesy of www.
2: WeGetNewsYouDon't.com
4: <laughs> <It's a>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Refer to Appendix A Reference 1 For more information
2: We probably should start sharing More of that news though
1: Well Why don't we do some of that I can share some stuff right now For oh. from the image from this last week
4: Let's Let's try it out
1: Yeah alright well As for those of you who don't know the sultry sounds of my voice, this is Rhett, and I'm bringing you tomorrow's news of Image Comics today! For those of you not familiar with Image, well, let me tell you what Image is. And if you don't know, I I just want to reach through your earbuds and just give you a smack. But, Image Comics is a comic book and graphic novel publishing founded in 1992 by a collective of the best-selling artists, except for one. Image has since gone on to become one of the largest comic publishers in the United States, it uh, currently has five partners, and I think we all know the names. Kirkman, Eric Larson, Todd McFarlane, Mark Silvestri, and Jim Valentino, who I think he gets overlooked way too much, personally. Um, it considers of five major houses, uh, Todd McFarlane Productions, Top Cow Productions, which we know intimately well, uh, Shadowline, Skybound, and, of course, Image Central. And they publish... Everything from graphic novels to regular comics, in every genre, uh, subgenre, and every style that you can imagine. You know, it's offering science fiction, fantasy, romance, horror, crime, historical fiction, uh, humor, and just so much stuff going on with you know a lot of the writers today. And in this last week, you know, an Image has announced that uh, from the number one Amazon.com best-selling creators of Sunstone. Uh, Stefan Sejic returns with Switch, the paranoid teen series that uh, garnered millions of views on DeviantArt before hitting print. And Switch Volume 1, with collected issues number 1 through 7, is going to be coming out. And basically, what it is about it, for those of you that haven't read it, it's a teen girl with a, uh, a whole bunch of normal problems, and she's just trying to fit in in high school. And she stumbles upon a medieval uh, transformative power, I guess you can say. It's a, which is a haunted artifact and it possesses this mysterious immense power and basically just made high school even more complicated for it it's, it's a witty classic uh, kind of witchblade uh, skewed for teenage audiences and, but you don't need to be too aware of a witchblade to be a fan to appreciate it, that's a nice thing um, but for those of you um, who are into that kind of stuff, I really highly recommend it. Uh, Switch Volume 1, Trade Paperback, will be hitting comic book stores on Wednesday, December 21st, and bookstores on Tuesday, December 7th. Also in the news this week, in order to keep up with the overwhelming customer demand, Image Comics is sending 7 to Eternity Number 1 by Rick Remender and, and colored by, was it uh, Matt uh, Hollingsworth, uh, back to print on the same day of the issue's release. So it came out this last Wednesday, they sent it back for um, reprinting the same day. And have you guys read it at all? I have not.
4: Uh, I haven't. I flipped through it, but I didn't actually okay. read it.
1: Well, unfortunately, uh, Rusty's not here. I think he would like it. I think I could sell him on this. But basically, it's a it's reuniting the creative team behind Uncanny X-Force. Yep. You know, the readers meet the Gods of Whispers, you know, which is a dark tyrant who has spread an omnipresent paranoia to every corner of the kingdom of Zal, uh, the and it's just a great story about good and evil and I hate to give too much about, about it but like I said the first printing is already sold out It's a second printing will be coming out with the covers A and B and it'll be available on Wednesday, October 26th for all of you listeners out there um, now some breaking news from Image Batgirl team reunites for the first creator-owned series Motorcrush. so start your engines for the highly anticipated new series uh, which basically, you know, the New York Times best-selling creative team, Brendan Fletch, uh, Fletcher, um, from and Bab Star that did Batgirl. I think you guys are familiar with Babs Star. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, yep. Okay. Now they're reuniting back again for their first creator-owned project together, which is called Motor Crush, and it's coming to Image Comics this December. That just got announced. Um, Motor Crush uh, 1 uh, tells us that it's uh, we will be meeting at Domino Swift. By day, Domino competes for fame and fortune in a worldwide motorcycle racing league, and by night she cracks heads of rival gangs and brutal biker wars to gain uh, possession of a rare, valuable contraband, an engine-boosting mechanic narcotic known as Crush. Uh, but the origins the ultimate purpose of uh, this mysterious substance are unknown and could put her in a collision course with danger. So, look out for Motor Crash number 1, covers A and B. It'll be hit in stores on Wednesday, December 7th. Now, for you trade paperback fans, Nova, I'm thinking of you. Mm-hmm. We just got a little teaser that came out this week for She Wolf Volume One by uh, Rich Tomasso. Uh, have you heard about that one yet?
4: I've seen it on the shelves. She Wolf, anyway. Yep.
1: yep. Yeah. So the trade paperback is coming out, and that's going to be hitting the stores on Wednesday, November sixteenth, and bookstores Tuesday, November twenty-second. It'll be available for nine ninety-nine. And more trade paperback info is ODYC. And I think we're all familiar with ODYC, correct? Yeah.
4: Mad yeah, fraction. Yep.
1: yep, exactly. Well, his first 12 issues um, Ooh, be coming together. That. Yes, plus an extra collected in an oversized hardcover. Jeez. That I am looking forward to. because I mean, I do have all the issues, but to get all that extra content that's going to be inside of it is going to be really cool. And it's going to have a massive 10-page fold-out, which has never been available before yeah. inside of it. And that will be hitting on November 23rd and on bookstores Tuesday, November 29th. But it's going to be available for 49.99. Right.
4: Not in Canada.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're paying, what, $85? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
4: to now, a, just, I hope you don't mind me interrupting There's also. No, no, please. Um, Outcast is getting its first hardcover as well. Correct. Uh, I think that's yeah. coming out. I think next month, October maybe even. October. Um, and I, I think Velvet, Velvet is also mm-hmm. getting one. So, but that's next year, early next year. Yes. I'm um, very excited. And for you stuff. guys
1: who haven't read Outcast or Velvet, oh my gosh, where have you been? They yeah. they are both amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I just—I I want more Velvet. I really need more Velvet in my life.
4: <laughs> like the actual. Uh, <laughs> like the book or
3: oh yeah yeah, yeah. the book book. yeah I'm
0: always talking about the book because I'm in my my wife drape myself in velvet like George Costanza yes yes
1: now we've talked on the podcast before and I'm sure you'll be hearing us talk about it more in the future but Snot Girl is on that fast track and we were proven right because um, Image just announced this week that Snot Girl has been rushed back to print uh see basically we're going to be seeing Snot Girl number one third printing available on October 19th Snot Girl number two second printing is available in stores now and Snot Girl number three covers A and B will be available on Wednesday September 28th and finally Image announced that Adrian's Wall a murder mystery out of this world by creative team behind Cowl is being sent back to print in order to keep up with the increased customer demands you guys familiar with Adrian's Wall at all? Yeah, I actually, I'll be honest, I haven't read it yet. I just haven't had the opportunity. I'm familiar with it. Um, but I guess it's going pretty well because uh, the second printing will be available on Wednesday, October 19th. But other than that, the issues that came out this last week, in case if you missed them, we had Shoe number 58, Demonic number 2, Horizon number 3. One of my personal favorites, I Hate Fairyland number 9 by Scotty Young. And those of you that uh, haven't listened to our podcast with Scotty Young, after this is over go check that one out we've also had invisible republic number 11 i haven't even started that one yet but i'm looking forward to it um manifest destiny number 23 ringside 7 which uh, personally i know i didn't get into uh, nova i think you enjoyed that one correct
4: uh, i only read a few issues but it wasn't a a, few. wasn't the worst thing i've ever read
1: yeah, wasn't the worst, wasn't the best. Yeah. It's just one. Yeah, okay. I might read them if I get them free from image, <clears throat> but <laughs> I won't go my way to, you know, pick up yeah. an issue. Uh, so we had Rumble number fourteen, Savage Dragon number two hundred and sixteen. Good God, that's that's getting up there now, in numbers. You gotta love Eric Larson. And again, if you haven't listened to Eric, our podcast with Eric Larson, after you finished up with Scotty Young, then check out Eric Larson's podcast with us. Uh, let's see. Seven returning number one, which you talked about. She Wolf number four, one that I really enjoyed this week, and I gotta recommend it to everybody. The Wicked and the Divine, eighteen thirty one, the one shot. Did you guys have a chance Not to read that one, one? No, I shot. haven't, no. but
4: I'm excited to.
1: Yes, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. And but be prepared for next week. Next week, oh my gosh, I'm already orgasmic for the issues that are coming out next week. Ooh. Oh my gosh, guys, we have. Deadly Class number 22, Descender number 15, Dream Police number 12. I'm not familiar with Dream Police enough to really talk about that. But we have Eden's Fall number 2. You know, and uh, again, Matt Hopkins and um, Brian Hill. Check out our podcast with them, talking about Eden's Fall. Uh, We have Hunt number 3. Another one I'm so excited about, Image Plus, issue number 6 is coming out with that part 6 of Negan. We have Island Number Eleven, Odyc Number Eleven, Lake of Fire Number uh, Two. We have oh, another great one I'm looking forward to: Outcast Issue Number Twenty One, Postal Number Fifteen, Saga Number Thirty Eight, Snot Girl Number Three, Thief of Thieves Number Thirty Five. You know, all those awesome ones, and finally Wayworld Number Sixteen. So, like I say, next week it's going to be a lot of image reading.
4: It will be so, yeah a yeah. hefty load. Now you it mentioned is. you mentioned Postal. We can say now officially yes. that Postal has been picked up by Hulu.
3: Yes, yes, that we can say gonna that
4: be now, can awesome. we? Awesome. Uh no cast yet though, so we can't mm-hmm. um, get too giddy
1: over but, stuff but uh,
2: well, cuz we said it
1: And if you don't know what we're talking about, then you better check out our podcast with uh, Well, Brian and, we,
2: and we I asked Brian too. <laughs> I said, you know, this is definitely one of those shows that's going to have to go onto like an amc uh hbo like somebody it's netflix something, well, something that's gonna, yeah something that's yeah. gonna allow it to be dark and gritty i think hulu's going to allow that i've watched a lot of the hulu originals such as uh deadbeat oh my god it's fucking hilarious if you haven't seen it go watch it um but there's also that one that they did the stephen king um 11 that was really well done um, so I have I have high hopes for this I think it definitely went to a cool channel it's going to allow them some creative freedom and hopefully stay true to the to the book yeah yep. it's, it's a good and time if you,
1: and I don't know if you guys follow this stuff but postal number one has jumped up really in price I have it
2: signed by Hawkins on eBay, on eBay. Nice, yes, dude. <laughs> it, has, it,
1: it has jumped up oh
4: man so. why don't you let me I'll take a look at it and just sort of eyeball the grade for you <laughs>
3: Well, I think I got a couple modern
2: yeah. books I still need to send in to CGC, maybe. Uh, but I was hoping to meet Brian Hill and have him sign it as well. You think if I mailed yeah. it to him, he'd mail it back to me? <laughs>
1: Probably. <laughs> now he's going to send it to Yeah, he'll mail he'll it mail no, straight to gonna, CGC. He's
2: going to keep it for himself and be like, I'm selling this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: No, or he could take you one further, get Rob Liefeld to sign it, then send it back to you and say <laughs> jokes on you. Oh, oh, oh,
1: oh. oh my gosh, you just downgraded it. <laughs> oh man. I'd rather have a back page ripped out. Um <laughs> but yeah, uh, nine point eight um for postal, the retailer uh non-retailer incentive is going for $110. Regular um, variant, is, or I should say variant, the regular cover is going for 80, and the, then the retailer incentive variant is going for 225.
4: Oh, mama. Yes. Um, for those of you also curious, if you haven't read it, um, I, I'm looking on Newsorama right now. They have the full issue of Postal available for free. Oh, um, go so read that it is if available for you familiar, to check yes. out. Absolutely, yes. check it out, and you will be buying the next ones on Comixology or get the yes. trade paperbacks. Either way. Mm-hmm. Still waiting on that hardcover, Brian, if you're listening. <laughs> you said there'd be one. And
1: waiting. And yeah. Waiting. <laughs> right. But anyway, so that's basically what we got going on for Image just this week. Um, so what you guys got going on in DC Land?
4: Well, I just saw this again. I'm 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 just, you know, browsing around. That's what's sort of been doing today. Um, and I saw that October 8th. Tap, you're going to be very excited to hear this as well. We are getting our first footage for the Justice League Dark animated yes! movie. I am so excited for that.
2: That's ex- that's um, very exciting.
4: That's going to be awesome. And did you hear that they and got Matt I Ryan
2: voicing Constantine? I yes. Was like, yes, that is great. Yes, oh, really? They got Matt Ryan that's to so do the cool. voice of Constantine. Uh, for Batman, um, it's not Conroy, but it is... Oh, he's done Batman. Whoever's been doing it. He's done Batman a bunch lately, and I cannot think of who it is. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm blanking. Anyway, it's a guy that's been doing Batman for a while. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he's going to do it. Uh, But, oh, my God. I was super excited, though, when I heard that Matt Ryan was going to come on to do Constantine. I got so excited. Oh, Jason O'Mara. That's who's doing Batman.
4: Also... For the animator fans out there and i'm sure red will like this as well because i if i i'm pretty sure you're a batman 66 fan we're getting that return of the cape crusaders movie yes, soon, yes. Um, which will be dope i think that's also getting like you, we're gonna get footage as well at the same time as uh justice league dark so that'll be awesome I wonder what
1: kind of cameos we're gonna see in
4: that <laughs> well i mean we've straight up got adam west so yeah. That will be awesome exactly.
2: and Bert Yeah they're both coming on to reprising mm-hmm. their roles gonna So great. that's going to be super super exciting And I hope th- I don't know what the animation is going to look like But I really really hope it's the new That style. the animation is like the Batman 66 book uh-huh.
4: Oh you know I what think I'm talking a about. Either for that I, if, yeah, if we yeah, can keep that, that animation
2: cool. the same I think that would look amazing Because I really like the, the style yeah. in the book It looks really good that may be what they're going for cuz it still has like that 66 look and feel to it but with a little bit yeah. of a i don't know, i think it's the coloring is what really sets it off for me to be quite honest but yeah. uh yeah that's going to be super super exciting
4: no Rusty isn't here but I think Tap and I we were talking about this earlier and I just saw the clips on YouTube I didn't watch the full episode but we had uh, Flaming Skull on yes, TV recently Mr.
2: Ghostwriter mm-hmm. Robbie Reyes is that, it's I'm, I'm glad
4: they're using him oh, I'm not I glad know. I, I like, grew
2: up on Johnny Blaze and Danny Ketch like that's so. what I was wanting but it's it was pretty it was pretty neat. That being said, they did a the fantastic job with it. Ghost Rider looked amazing. The guy that got to play Robbie is spot on I mean it's only been the one episode but uh it yeah. oh it was good. It was really really good. I enjoyed it a lot um yes
4: good. If I had ever been watching the show, maybe I would uh, keep up. But <laughs> I'm just gonna be I'm gonna be YouTubing every Ghost Rider. Clip, it was it I was guess. good though. I mean, be... come
2: on, you, gotta, you even gotta say you don't even watch the show. But the the Ghost Rider stuff was spot on. Oh, the on. scenes were
4: cool. Yeah, they did a good job with that yeah. for
2: sure. Um, the one thing, also speaking in the world of Marvel, by the time this drops, it'll already be out, and probably 98% of you will have already been to watched all the episodes. But this oh, yeah. upcoming Friday, September thirtieth, Luke Cage hits Netflix. So you're gonna have the entire first season of Luke Cage. Um, early reviews on Luke Cage have been that it is phenomenal. Um, sure I've heard is. some people that did early reviews and they said that they actually put it up there as like one of their top two favorite out of daredevil season one and two jessica jones and now luke cage they said that it's like top one or two of the marvel netflix series they said it's beyond good it's incredible uh they did wow. say though that once just like all the other times it's not meant for children and there is a lot of uh, sex scenes in it i guess it just starts off Ooh. luke cage just having a lot of sex <laughs> so that's, um, the, that's
4: the first scene
3: no, that's yeah, fine.
2: So I don't know how – personally, I don't know how I feel about it just because I didn't – Well, sex? no, not that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well Please played, you but not that. Uh, about how I feel like my superheroes, you know, on the seeing that on the screen. I just don't know how I feel about that. It's just weird to me because, like, I'm used to seeing Luke Cage as, like, Power Man yelling sweet Christmas and shit. Like, I'm not used to him, you know – banging banging whoever it is that he's with <laughs> Jessica Jones or whoever it is and it's just it kind of throws me off a little bit it takes me a little bit out of it I, I don't know why maybe it's just because he's a superhero and I just feel awkward because I'm like I come wow. from the golden age you know like I, I don't know I don't <laughs> yeah. know It is is kind of weird but either way
1: it's because you don't see DC and Marvel characters ever fornicated. that's true you just don't yeah it, it just doesn't happen so it, well, I can understand why that would throw but,
3: people
4: off yeah not not live action but we've seen um, I guess yeah it doesn't happen that often I wonder if they're going to have one of those like um, ass shots like we got with Hugo
2: <laughs> Strange in <and> Batman number <laughs> where he's just sitting there or he's just in. working out nude yeah. just shoulder pressing nude yeah, yeah there's probably going to be some man ass if I had to guess some Mike Coulter man ass I, I would guess that there oh, probably boy. is
1: but don't but who doesn't shoulder press nude I mean come
2: on <laughs> yeah well, Hugo Strange has been juicing, so he's... Uh, he's been on the Venom. Wow, man. is he a big old boy now. Speaking of which... Speaking of Venom? I just
4: recently... Speaking of Venom and, and juicing, and yeah, you won't believe this, but there is a Batman number 9 preview right now. This is the whole Bane story mm-hmm. arc, and it looks so good. I have uh, to admit, it does. It does. Mikhail Janin's doing artwork. He's the... Gentleman, who did most of Grayson, he did a lot of Justice League Dark when Jeff Lemire was writing it, and it looks so
2: good. I'm so pumped for it. Love Bane.
1: Don't tell Russ. <laughs> <be>. <laughs> we'll go back and read the
2: other Batman's. It's uh, Batman in general has actually been really good. It's, it's um, yeah, yeah. but you guys already know that because you all listen to the Rebirth podcast, so everybody would know our thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> and if you haven't, we'll get to it. And speaking of Rusty, did you guys hear
4: about this 1 to 1,000 Venom variant? What? Yes. So there is a 1 to 1,000 ratio Venom variant that Marvel has... And they haven't announced the artist yet. So it's a little secret thing they're doing. Um, which is insane. I don't know who they could possibly... I mean, maybe Todd McFarlane or something? Who's Who's a big enough name to...
1: It would have to be Todd if you're going to do anybody.
4: On Venom, anybody. right? Yeah, it'd have to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm sure Rusty's very excited as he's probably at his concert right now or whatever telling everyone.
1: Yeah. With, gonna our look, with, uh, yeah with our look, it's going to end up being Life Oh, boy.
2: See, okay, Low, I even – speaking of art, of though, time. I even talked to kind of Rusty about this, and I think he was, he was like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I have a problem with some of the Marvel art lately. Um, and it really depends yeah. on the title So like Greg Smallwood and Moon Knight It fits the book perfectly I absolutely love it But then you start getting into like not. I guess it's more of like the the Non-adult books that I have an issue with it, like It's like Girl? the Yeah I, I don't know what it is It's like the, a lot of the art in these books Just seem very over stylized I guess is a way to put it And it seems very cartoony yeah.
1: I can see where you're going. with that. Virtual it,
2: yeah. Oh my god. It yes. Made me so mad. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, I've already gone off about that. Um, so I don't know what it is, but it, it takes me out of a lot of these Marvel comics. And then, like, I look at like what we're reading in DC Rebirth. Ninety-eight percent of the art in that has just been incredible. And I go, yeah. This is what I want my comics to look like, you know, when it come at least when it comes to like superhero comics. Like this is what I want my superheroes to look like. And I just feel like Marvel, they're just doing like these weird like I tried going back and I really wanted to read Robbie Ray as Ghostwriter. This is a prime example. I really wanted to read Robbie Ray as Ghostwriter. I can't do it. The art just throws me off. Everybody keeps saying how awesome the story is, and I don't doubt it, but the art throws me off. Like I think it's Tradmore or Trasmore. The art uh, the way he draws flames, they're just like straight lines that are colored orange. Like they're not flames. Yeah. And so it's just very overstylized. A lot of people actually that I've shown it to said it reminds them of a lot of manga. And I'm also not yeah, a ma-
4: it's very I- I'm I'm way. not
2: a manga wow. guy. So it just it throws me out. I don't like it. Well, then I heard that they're going to be bringing back Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes again. He's getting a new upcoming series. Um, I think it starts like next month or so. And I got excited again because I was like, ooh, maybe it'll be a new artist. It is a new artist. So I was like, awesome. This is great. Well, it's the artist that actually finished the last arc on the last series. And I so I went back and started doing yeah, his, his. was even more. Yeah, worse. I went back and started looking at his art. And, like, the elbow, he, like, drew, like, this character yeah. leaning on a bridge. And the elbow is, like, twice <laughs> as long as his arm. And it's, like, super yeah. sharp points. And I don't
4: and that's that's not there are parts of his art in the series where I just don't even know what's going on. I legitimately can't decipher oh what's happening. Oh my god!
2: I just I have such a hard um, time, and it takes me out of the book, and it makes me mad because I really yeah. want to read Ghost Rider. I it's love Ghost Rider as a character. I was like, I I want to know more about Robbie Reyes, especially with Agents of Shield, and I just I can't do it.
1: Tell you what, Tap, how about later on at night I can, I can <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. That would be awesome. Yes, that's but, the way to go. But, you know, I, with the stuff with Marvel these days, it seems to me like they're making all their money from this TVs and movie shows, and they're forgetting about their basics. They're forgetting about the root of everything, and the comics are just a side thought. But they're still they're selling. T- they're still selling because of new, listen- new readers, you know, picking up, watching the shows and TV shows, like, oh, I want to go now, buy, pick up the comics, blah, 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 blah. And I don't think they're realizing that they're not the, as up to par as it used to be.
3: Yeah.
1: And to, to me, it's like Image has just gone to crap when it comes to their comics, and it's going to catch up with them badly in a few years when the movies die down and, they go, and it's time to revisit stuff. They're going to find themselves in trouble and DC will be picking it up and they'll be starting all the movies well, stuff that,
2: yeah. because their,
1: their issues right now are Well, Marvel will
2: just do some kind of a rebirth type thing and it'll hopefully all will be good. But yeah. I don't know. I'm just, yeah. the art in a lot of these Marvel books is just, it's hard for me to read them. Like I said though, Greg Smallwood, Moon Knight, top notch, love it. It's great. It fits the book perfectly. So, and from what I've read from some of the other more adult books, it seems to be that way. It, Black Widow it's, has had good it's art. very much the the kid books, like the books that they're trying to get the younger readers to read. That I've noticed that it's just it's too over stylized. Like Doctor Strange, the Jason Aaron run, that it looks great. Yeah. I like that. But but once again, that's not really meant for kids. That's meant for an older reader. So yeah. I think maybe it's just the Disney influence on some of these like kid books maybe I don't I don't know I don't know what it is but it's throwing me for a loop and I'm having a hard time well you know what also it is
1: I mean I'll explain to you right now all the good writers I mean all the good uh, um, artists have moved on to image and DC that's why <laughs> Marvel's having problems It's possible.
4: Cool. I don't know yeah. uh, I'm not sure what's going on with Marvel but I mean it's all about money talks and I guess these things are yep. still selling well People seem to be able to...
1: Well, think about it. How many people, honestly, and you listeners, I'm sure, can testify to this. You pick up a title, you get it added to your pull list, like Spider-Man, but you won't let it go even if it's bad.
4: Yeah. yeah. Some people are like that. I can I can do that. I can just let it go and just I could burn my whole pull to the ground if that's <laughs> what it took. I don't. I really I don't have a problem with it anymore just because I collect hardcover. But
1: yeah. But the, how many? There's a lot of people. There are. Out there like I
4: that. used to be that way. Yeah. Well, it's like mm-hmm. Scott. Lo- it's like Scott kind of
2: said. You know, I've been reading this character for 40 years. Well, I did you a yeah. favor then that you quit reading them because nobody should be reading any character for yeah. 40 years. Like, and I he mean, has a point. we have got
4: people. We've got people in our chat room that constantly complain about Marvel, yet still will be one of those people who is boosting the sales of an event like Civil War 2 where they just go and complain (sighs) about it after. And it's just sort of this, like... I don't know, this weird conundrum people are in, I guess, where they can't move on. That is very true.
1: And you have to. You have to... You know kind of say goodbye it's like sometimes a rip the band-aid and, and, off and yeah and you know. move on to something new like i did with marvel i moved from marvel i've gone into image you know 20 years from now who knows where i'm gonna be
2: yeah back with marvel
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, or i might be on the dc bandwagon hey you, we're getting sit.
2: rusty he really likes the green lantern stuff we're uh yeah. Oh, and I agree. Green Lantern's
1: awesome. It's been an enjoyable we're, we're read.
2: Rusty. Oh, now we're getting red, and he might even be reading Batman now. Woo,
1: hoo, hoo. Oh my
2: um, god, that's <laughs> I, I, you're gonna have to sell me a little bit better on that but,
4: one. But uh, you'll just you ha- let Tom King sell yeah, you on it. Yeah, good writing. Give it a
2: shot. He'll 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 win Such you over. good writing. Um, the one thing I did want to kind of touch base on as well is IDW. IDW <laughs> uh, yes. is Do it. just. I'm upset Mm -hmm. that I'm just now in the last year. I've really discovered IDW, Um, and I'm kind of mad that it took me a year to really discover them because, yeah, uh, I didn't really think I I stuck with the big two, well, three, including Image, and that's really all I ever stuck with. Uh And this last, well, maybe two years, maybe not a year, maybe two years, the last two years or so, I've really branched out and I started. you know, taking chances, I guess you could say. And holy crap, I'm glad, glad that I did. But IDW has, like, all these series from when I was a kid that I'm going gaga over now. Like, G.I. Joe, Transformers, mm-hmm. uh, well, Buffy's Dark Horse, uh, Ghostbusters. They they have all of these garbage pail kids. Like, they have all of these, like,
3: Back, Back to, to the, the Future. future. Yes. Uh, y- yes. And they're
2: good. You know, they're not cheesy they're not stupid like they mm-hmm. are good uh, power rangers
1: star yeah. trek Te- teenage yeah. ninja turtles
2: x-files yeah, the crossovers yeah. with like you know teenage mutant ninja turtles mm-hmm. and batman that was spot on oh yeah
4: there's another mm-hmm. one coming up for the the same same two properties but animate the animated shows which i'm very excited oh for. really Batman the Animated Series crossing over with the... I think it's the it's probably the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series. Oh, yeah, exactly. But it's going to be yeah. published by IDW, whereas this past one was published by DC. Oh, that makes me so excited.
2: Yeah. So it's going to like be that. awesome. See, and,
1: the, and the thing that really gets me excited with IDW is they put out those comics. that get the young, young, young readers that are just putting sentences together. Yeah, My Little together. Pony They're, and... Yeah, My Little Pony, uh, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, um, uh, what is it, Uh, Angry Birds, um, Plants vs. Zombies. The things that the kids, the younger kids are are into, like the Mickey Mouse stuff, they are the ones in that. They are the ones that are getting the comic readers of Tomorrow today. Yes,
2: they're doing a damn good job, too. Because I just recently, in the last week or two started probably two weeks ago started binge reading a ton of transformers idw and i am in love one the art we want to talk about some amazing art go look at an idw transformer book any of them just grab one it's unreal the art is incredible and they're all different artists it's not even the same guy doing them all the art is just incredible and the writing is spot on it's just i love it
1: yeah. And plus, IDW also does adult-themed stuff like Superfuckers Forever. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you know yeah. I, mean, you I know. not
2: see the art in that one, though. That one's not amazing art.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Yeah. That, that, that art looks look like something
4: I drew in high school. school. Yeah, the the, the, the the kids that are reading My Little Pony are probably drawing that book. So.
1: <laughs> but uh, what's the new one that came out? Revolution. Uh, yes, written by that, our good that, friend, Colin Button. Yep, yep. And that oh my gosh I haven't had a chance to read it yet I'm dying to Uh, it just came out this last Wednesday in fact you know Transformers and GI Joe together yes (laughs) oh so
4: many more yeah and and so many more yes oh my god just it's crazy yeah Yeah. they got Godzilla books I mean they just they're they're all over the place and and they do some really cool
2: hardcovers too I was looking at some of the Transformer and the GI Joe hardcovers and they're in that like solid like silver, very it looks nice. really yeah. good.
4: I I have the the teenage mutant ninja turtle ones, and they are very oh, pretty. Very
2: cool. So now I'm with cool IDW. Though.
1: One thing that I really want to read is our X-Files series. I just haven't found the time to do it. Yeah. but, you know, but uh, no, good call bringing yeah, uh, IDW. up IDW because Ooh, you guys are
2: blowing me they away. are
1: they they got it on.
4: Well, I mean, there's you know, there's companies like Dark Horse even that are just. Sort of. No one really pays attention to them, but they've got the really good stuff. I know. Yeah, Tap and Ooh. I have been reading the Goon. Love the
2: Goon. Fourth I one's know, coming I'm out so soon, excited. so you
4: can get you can get the whole. And if I mean, for people that are Hellboy fans, they've got like Avatar, mm-hmm. Aliens, Predator. Yep. A bunch of us, you know, for the Serenity fans
2: out there. And Firefly, they make they gorgeous, gorgeous hardcovers as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. For really low prices. Yes. Like, surprisingly low prices. Like, even the, because I got Hellboy Volume 1, and it's hard to find the rest, apparently, because they're always sold out whenever I try to order them. But it's, like, number one, they're, o- they're all oversized, uh, which is awesome. Massively oversized. And the Hellboy one's got, like, this, well, kind of velvety, <laughs> It's kind so of nice velvety wrap to, rap to it uh so yeah it's just yeah. incredible
1: this, this was i saw a dark horse last week came out with their hardcover for i know i'll mess up the name but uh, is it yusagi, yep, no Jimbo? yusagi Jumbo. yeah they got a lot of those yep and uh yeah they they had, their, they had uh, two versions come out they had the cheap twenty dollar one and they had the the nice limited eighty dollar one so oh, yeah they you no know, really they keep the prices wonderful but if you want to pay that little extra for something more they always have that available too yeah
2: yeah there is another uh, speaking of dark horse and amazing art and Nova you just mentioned Serenity um, something to kind of throw out there for those that are fans of it uh, one of my personal favorite indie artists Mister Francesco Francavilla um, love that guy. huh oh love yeah guy. I love his Afterlife with Archie and stuff it's oh it's yeah. Absolutely phenomenal! Um, he is actually doing a variant cover for Serenity for local Comic Book Day. Um, so nice. for a bunch of like local comic, um, local stores and whatnot, he's doing a variant cover for Serenity that um, drops no- uh, the day is November nineteenth, and he's doing a, a really cool variant cover for that. They haven't shown a preview for the cover, but if you know his artwork, it's it's super awesome. It's. I don't know how to explain it I love it If you've never seen it Go pick up Afterlife with Archie yeah. You'll be like I think he's uh, Super impressed He's doing the next arc of uh, Moon Knight I think Is, Yes Well he's currently Okay So the last issue of Moon Knight Was actually like Three or four artists Rolled into one um, Depending um, on the mindset <laughs> It's actually really cool How they did right, it Depending right. on how the mindset That idea, he was yeah. in That artist Because they all have different styles That artist did that thing so i don't know if they're going to continue that going forward in future books or uh not but it, i was pretty happy to see his name on the latest issue that was that was pretty cool
1: we are talking about independent publishers you know one we cannot forget oh five years old action
2: lab yes speaking yes. of action lab you go know. out and pick up your superhuman resources i just yep. got superhuman yep. resources was- number four it's the last issue in this in this run, there's no more after this. So get out there and get it. Yep. I mean, Ooh. they are.
1: The Action Lab is, is is up and coming. They really are. Like I said, they're five years. You might think that's been a long time, but really it's not. And they, all of a sudden, boom, they're really getting great titles coming across their desk. Now. Oh
2: yeah, with so, uh, you know, the, the stray. Time. That one was mm-hmm. fantastic. Um. obviously superhuman resources Here. I'm a nerd I can't say enough no hero, hero
1: cats, cats. Uh, tomboy Uh, gosh what is it awake I'm trying to remember some of the other stuff that they've done bolts uh, that's all I can really remember <laughs> I'll have, have to pull it up but uh, yeah they got some good stuff coming coming well, down also kind of speaking um, of an
2: indie just, uh, I almost forgot all about this and I just wanted to touch base because it was awesome Um, Josh okay so it's It's an indie comic through a big company, I guess you could say. It's part of the Vertigo line uh, from DC Comics. Mm -hmm. Joshua, my man Williamson, uh, just as this coming upcoming Wednesday, so well by the time you guys hear this, it'll be out. Frostbite number one through the Vertigo line in DC. It's a new Mm -hmm. original thing that he's obviously not creator-owned because it's you know Vertigo. Is is it creator-owned? Fan yeah. v- Vertigo is now Oh, that's awesome. That. Okay. Well, that's yes. even better. So, Joshua Williamson, fan-freaking-tastic. I read issue one already. You guys have got to check it out. It is such an interesting book. I wasn't sure what to take on it originally when I read kind of what it was about. I was like, oh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I read it, and it was really good. Okay. Have you dude. read it yet?
4: Like you, like, like you doubted Joshua I, I Williamson doubt Joshua for Joshua a Williamson. second.
2: He's, I love Joshua <laughs> Come on the show, sir. I have not read Come it. Come on the show. I haven't. I haven't. That's enough time. <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, I haven't read it yet. I do have it on my tablet, though, courtesy Speaking of, of uh, our
1: good friends yeah. at DC. Thank you. Yep. Speaking of independent stuff, have you guys been reading much Valiant lately, like Faith?
2: I have not. I keep meaning to, not but faith. I'm just trying to catch up. I know Faith is, like, huge right now. Um
1: I have started it like 5 6 times. I can't even get through the first issue. I don't know really? what it is. I it's just, definitely
4: I'm not ha- for you. I will say uh, that right now just just based on the character and what I've been hearing, it's definitely not for a uh it's like it's like Raven uh, basically. Gotcha. It's just yeah. uh, not meant for gotcha. us.
2: Well, speaking um, of uh Valiant, the one thing I did pick up this week was uh Oh yeah. Uh, Bloodshot right. uh volume 1. The first run hardcover, um, so I got. Yeah. I haven't got to f- read it yet, but I'm very excited. I tweeted it out. Enjoy, and enjoy the '90s. Yeah, of it. I tweeted it out and mm-hmm. sent it to Nova. I was like, "Have you read this yet?" And he goes, "Oh, I haven't read the original, but that's awesome." Because I ended up picking it up uh, through uh, one of those half-price bookstores um, for uh, huh. $9.99. Brand new. It's still wrapped in plastic. Wow. Yeah. And nice. I was like, "Well, can't pass this up." And then I almost bought *Why the Last Man* <laughs> hardcover, but I haven't read any uh-huh. *Why the Last Man*, so I passed on it. And then Nova's telling me that I'm an idiot and I Rookie. really needed to grab it.
4: Rookie. <laughs> Rookie mistake.
2: But yeah, I just I don't know. I haven't. I don't know enough about it.
4: All right. Well, one last uh, publisher slash imprint that I'm very excited about. I know. T- um, I've talked. I've talked to a few people and. They aren't as excited as me, but they they just don't get it. It's yeah, uh, Young animals. animals through through DC. Now, Doom mm-hmm. Patrol number one, granted, is a fairly head-scratching issue, but I sort of took it as like, we're going to throw all this stuff at you, and it will be explained later, but right now, just enjoy how insane things can be. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I like the artwork, and I'm very excited for it. I, I basically went into the shop, and I said, can... If I just write down young animals on my pull list, will you guys know what I what I mean by that? And they're like, No, you have to write every individual title. How many
2: titles yeah. do oh, they right. have coming out? Uh, five or six. No, you're gonna buy all so of these far? with Canadian yeah, currency. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna probably yeah. That's exactly what's gonna happen. You're gonna drop everything else off your pull list just to get the I young will. animals.
4: Because I have these books that are coming out twice a month now, and they're really eating at the wallet. Um, but now we'll see what happens. Right now, I'm. It may just be like uh, uh, I got myself really into into it, and then I'll I'll get my pull list that one week, and it'll be like. Oh, forty dollars. Okay, so I'm gonna have to cancel my pull list today. <laughs>
1: Let's see. I'm on the publicity list for this issue and this oh, issue. Yes. I guess I
2: don't yes. need that. <laughs> I went in. I went in when I pulled my pull list this week. It had three DC titles. It was Detective, Action, Flash, and then Superhuman Resources. And uh, I'm just kind of like, uh, um, well, because money's getting a little tight, especially you know when you got you know a third child on the way and whatnot money money's kind of tight so i was like "Mm, i get all three of these (laughs) books every week so uh granted it's digital not a physical copy but the only reason why i'm collecting detective and action i'm doing flash no matter what because i love flash for the one correct but i'm collecting action and detective so i can get the full run up through a thousand
4: but i mean there there's it's there are two titles I probably would not drop and that's Batman and Superman because I feel like well the, the covers are great and I don't have very many covers to ever show off or be happy over. I don't know. It's a it's a tough thing. It's I call it the pull box dilemma. Yes. And it's one of those things where you you'll wake up in the morning and be like, I should I don't know, I got these books coming out today, it's gonna cost me this much and like but I do wanna have them and at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. I've got these I've already got issues one through X and if I stop now. It's it's what we talked about as well. It's sort of this uh, – but I, at least we're not reading stuff we're hating. It's sort of a I'm going to lose money here, and I need to – well, you guys have to feed someone. I don't have to feed <laughs> anything. I uh, got to feed my face. <laughs> I got to – yeah, I got to feed my gut. That's what I have to do.
1: But I look at it this way. I'll, 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 if I have that dilemma, I'll say, okay, what issues – am i looking at right now that i know for 100 percent i'll reread again yeah and i'll say okay invincible yes outcast yes uh walking dead yes this one yeah maybe okay and i get three piles yes maybe and definitely no the no's go away then i kind of balance the two out
4: well for me also it's what what has the higher chance of getting a hardcover in the future dc or young animal you know young animals may not be all that successful they may just do trade paperbacks which you know is fine but i'd rather get a nice juicy hardcover that i can really sink Mm -hmm. my teeth into and then say it's not near mint anymore but (laughs) you know something like superman or batman is probably more likely to get you know a nice omnibus one day as opposed to a a young animal's title. But yeah, true. And as you guys know, I will support the shit out of an omnibus.
2: Yes, he will. Always. You don't He's say. i <laughs> on those now. Um, I used yeah, to be kind of against him because I preferred individual, single issues. But once you start mm-hmm. actually looking at them, and it's like there's some really nice ones out there. Like the way that they're presented yeah. and binded and stuff. Like they're and they're so nice to hold and. Mm,
4: Got the big pages, yeah. just art popping out exactly. in your face. Exactly. That's
2: how I ended up with Goons Volume One, Two, and Three, and Hellboy Volume One, and Darkness Compendium Volume Two, <laughs> and Spawn hardcovers <laughs> and Three and Four, and Superman, yeah. Batman volumes One, Two, and Three, and what else? <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and let I go do through not my have, collection. I have just not kidding. one in the house. Everything I have is uh, single. I used to be that way, That's but right. Nova's changed me. He's made me a new man. And yeah, I think for the money man. too, it's kind of a better deal. If you're if you're a you know, a it baller is. on a budget, then uh, this is kind of the way to go too. Plus you can binge read, which is nice. I don't have to wait like a month at a time. Yes. I can just binge read. Mm-hmm. But you do have when to comes, wait longer in between That things. is true.
1: <laughs> when it comes to binge reading, I love you know, when the comic book stores have their sales or just the regular, you know, quarter bins, just picking up a whole stack of something and God, i
4: wish i could do that boom yeah
1: yeah i'm like
4: oh i'm gonna look through these like dollar bins and it's like 400 copies of i don't know some new comic that came out last year that nobody wanted to buy it's like all right well that was a great little <laughs> spree there i
1: went on <laughs> uh Now, like I say, a lot of my stores now they've gotten rid of dollar bins. They're going down to quarters, and some of them yes,
2: I was at. uh, Well, I guess I was at Half Price Books, and I hate it because if they don't, if they're not bagged and boarded, they put the sticker on the actual cover, which is oh, 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 that part is very (laughs) frustrating. I'm not a fan of that. That part's very frustrating, but. That being said, I still actually because this is something that I will just keep reading over and over again. I actually picked up all seven um, issues of Identity Crisis for nice. four dollars.
3: Mm-hmm. Ah.
4: That's a good. Oh up. yeah,
2: even with yes. the stickers on them, I'm okay. I'm like, God, that hurts my soul a little bit. But
4: you gotta be. Can you take them off? Or are they the kind that aren't gonna leave? The,
2: I got one. I tried. I tried it on one. I got one. It like didn't rip the page or anything, but it kind of left a little bit of a residue. Oh, oh god. Put the
1: hair dryer to it first. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to try that, yeah, but
2: yeah. um I was super happy though to pick up Identity Crisis. The entire run for 4 bucks. I was like, I can't complain. Mm. This is this is too good to be true.
4: Or just yeah. call Toe over and he'll give them a piece of his <laughs> mind putting
1: stickers on <laughs> freaking comics. Yep. Yep. It's like we have a have a used bookstore out here, and they have comics in there. Every single issue has one of those stickers that, with a price on it, that you cannot take off without damaging the book. And we're not we're not talking the the typical uh, labels, you know, that you know the 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 price gun things. They got stickers. Oh, Oh my god.
2: You got to go mm-hmm. Frank Castle on these stores, man. Just But the one nice thing about it so is though, if it's strictly just going to be for a reader copy, the, the thing that's <laughs> that's, true, the thing yeah. that's nice about yeah. it is that these titles are only 50 cents to 20 cents. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And they have it's some really, really cool, like, titles in there as well. I was kind of shocked, like I said, when I saw Identity Crisis for, you know, four bucks. I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. done. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I know just next week, though, man, that's going to hit my pocketbook.
2: Just all those image titles. <sighs> I'm happy to say it's that. Gonna be good, gonna be good those weeks. are not in my poll list, and I will just read them via reviews. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, dude, at least you know, postal outcasts. Oh, outcast, no, post
3: you know, like collect, post like collect. Yeah. Okay. What I about have outcast? never have you read an Outcast, outcast
2: title.
4: Oh. <gasps> See, I'm getting the I'm getting the hardcover, so I don't feel so bad now. I I want I to, that. but the
2: thing is, I was want to watch the show. I shot the first episode because they had it on HBO Go, so I was like, oh, sweet. But then they took it off of HBO Go, and it's all on Cinemax. Well, I don't have Cinemax, so mm-hmm. I can't. Well, I do have a way of watching it. I just haven't gotten <laughs> around to that way yet. But yeah, yeah. I I looked interesting, and I know you were really big on it. Um and you've discussed it and said how amazing it is, but I've just heard so many mm-hmm. mixed reviews that I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll read. It. Knowing
1: you as I do, I think you really you yeah. will enjoy it.
2: It sounds like it's up my yeah. alley. I'm not gonna. It definitely sounds like it's up it my is. alley.
1: But let's see. I mean, don't you? I'm sure you have, have to have Eden's Fall in your playlist. Yes, poll list. I do have Eden's Fall. Okay, so that's gonna be in your box as well. What about Image Plus? I do not have Image Ooh, Plus.
4: That's next week.
1: Oh, yes, no. that's next I love week, Image and Plus. and that's the thing. Image Plus is awesome, but you can't get it anywhere else. You have that to actually true. just buy it. It's not going to come out in any hardcover. It's not going to ever be on Comicology. It's just it is what it is. You have I to. I do pick have it up. that
4: on my pull list, and it is not going anywhere. That is a yes. No is, r- it's one ninety nine for yeah an amazing magazine like you get 199
1: so unless money. you get uh unless you
2: buy i forget what it is that
1: you buy Yeah, and like get you it
2: can free. buy something uh, and get it free i saw that in my shop
4: well i don't think they do that here anymore which is another reason not to move to canada <laughs> <laughs> no matter what no matter what the election results no are. no no you're I mean,
1: making me want to pull out the, an issue right now but you don't, you you don't never, get free
4: if, previews here uh, no
1: if you buy the preview um, you get the it free. Image then, preview. Yes. You get it free. And it says it right on Image Plus front yeah, page. Yeah, if you get
4: the thick regular preview book, you will get the, the image one for free. But yeah. I don't need to spiral into that. Uh, <laughs> True. It's actually just cheaper than like the just long run the run really just to buy Image to Plus. Decide. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Tap. <laughs> I appreciate
4: you taking my side.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, come on. And also, next week, so- Saga. I know you have that in your poll list. Me? Me? Yeah, Nova, you have to no, have Saga in your pull I'm
4: waiting for the next Deluxe Edition, which is really? going to take way too long, in my opinion. It
1: will take forever. You're talking about, like, another year and a half it's down fine. the road.
4: I'll wait for it. I got so much stuff coming down the chimney. <laughs> I don't need this Santa in December. I get him every other week, and he's called but the man. But <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I mean, I,
1: I'm, no, I'm really honestly surprised that a BKV book is in your pull Honestly, uh, Saga isn't as magical
4: as i thought it would be uh-huh. but i got to give it the long run i just there's so many good things to read i mean yeah there is uh, a, there it's is. a good time it's a good time to be reading comics it's the best time i mean we got goon volume 4 dropping soon sweet tooth deluxe edition number 3 i oh might have god. to read October's sweet a tooth good month.
2: just i've never read it but it's by Je- it's, it's, it's by deluxe. jeff Lemire, right oh my god yes I, it is He's written and drawn the more that i the more Jeff Lemire stuff that I read, the more I fall in love with this man's writing. He's like somebody that kind of flew under the radar for me. Like I've read tons of his yeah. stuff, tons of his stuff, but never realized, I guess that it was the same guy until I really started paying yeah. attention. And then I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. that's definitely, Oh, I read that. Oh, that's Jeff Lemire. Oh, I read that. <laughs> the light yeah, bulb came in. on. <laughs> and so now I'm kind of like, I kind of want yeah. to start experiencing some more and I kind of want to go back and read. It looked odd. I'm not going to lie. Um, it looked, it looked, Sweet Tooth odd. is
4: very addictive. And it takes place in Nebraska, yeah, so you Yeah, be... you, you sent that yeah, picture, yeah. and I said, oh, so, so it takes
2: place where it. I live, huh? Yeah.
1: Hmm, let's see if they got this correct.
2: Yeah, basically. And be like, so,
4: Jeff Lemire, let's let's see if I'll like Jeff Lemire after reading this. Uh, <laughs> How do you
2: portray my great state?
4: So this Canadian guy comes in here, and he thinks he knows Nebraska? I'll show <laughs> you... <laughs> How many oh. issues are out? Of I actually that? Hope just that out of happens. curiosity, how many issues are out? Uh, there's, there's, uh, well, it is. It's a finished series. Um, I think there was thirty six in total. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, there's three deluxe editions. So the third one that comes out is going to be the final one. And they're like, I paid like twenty bucks Canadian for each of them. So I don't know how much they're going to be on in stock trades, but they're going to be basically giving them away.
2: Well, that's good news. I like that. Yeah,
4: it's it's really good. It's um. I read the first one, which was 12 issues, in a sitting. Really? Um, is extremely <laughs> All addictive.
2: Right. Well, that's good news.
4: Yeah. I just don't know. His art is kind of weird. I don't mind it, but I know a lot of people are not fans of his artwork. It's very, um, I don't want to say childish, but...
2: Is it what the cover looks you know. like? Oh, okay. Yes, I'm fine. I'm fine his with artwork.
4: that. Yeah. It, it's, it, he does a good job of actually storytelling with his artwork, but it's not the most like... You know, he's no... He's no Alex Ross. Or, no,
2: no, that's fine. You know, I like whoever, I said, if it fits yeah. the title, if the art fits the title, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll I love it. Like I said, with these Marvel titles, though, I don't yeah. feel like it fits the title, so it just kind of throws me for a de loop. Yeah. Um, let's see, oh, what are these ones? What did you say they were called? The oh, deluxe editions. Yes. Uh, seventeen dollars. All right. Well. Canada got close <laughs> oh
3: yeah <laughs>
4: good enough, yeah, Yeah man, seventeen bucks for like twelve issues they're each twelve issues, yep, in oversized, you know you get the you get the you get some bonus content in there
2: that's not bad,
4: it's something 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 uh you know three add to the three hundred rest- pages, yeah it's uh they're they're juicy, like I said, I like the juicy books.
2: Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Looks interesting. I do want to read Outcast though. I've been meaning to. I just haven't got around to it. And then it's been hard because like then you keep going off about Scalped, and I've read like the first five <laughs> issues of it. And then you know, I I don't have the others to read. So I've got yeah, I've I've got toe
4: buying the the trade paperbacks for that. So I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then you got—it's uh, just new stuff coming out all the time too. It's—it's it's hard being a comic fan. It's actually feels like a second job. Oh,
2: totally just trying bad. to keep up with all the goodness. But then coming you need out. a third job to pay for it.
1: Oh boy! Yeah, I, little, I mean, I mean, have in front of me I literally a stack of at least forty or fifty comics. That's in my immediate read list. Like, where do you find the time?
2: Uh, that's. Don't that's not bad you have the you have the scalped uh, hardcover deluxes right yes oh that's I not do. bad they're selling for 17 that's not bad yeah
4: Mo- all the vertigo deluxes are around that price range I'm pretty sure why the last man would
2: be about the same as well alright well I will have to look into these a little yep. bit more See, that's why I love doing this you oh, just learn do. and you hear so much stuff and you're just like oh I want to go read that oh I want to go read that oh I want to go read that I just love it well thank you sir may i have another (laughs) absolutely so let me just uh walk over to my shelf here
0: Hey guys, we are here today with the man who brought us all your favorite X-Men stories in the 90s and all your favorite Red Hood fun right now. We have Unicorn Butt, Scott LaBelle on the show <laughs> with us today. How's it going, Scott?
5: First I can make a unicorn sound. I don't, I don't know what that is, though. A <laughs> mystical neigh? Yeah. yeah, I know sheep like, ah, ah and stuff. I don't know what kind of sound a unicorn makes. I don't
2: know. A neigh with bells in the background. Exactly. Yeah, somebody
5: do add some cool special effects and be like, wow, he sounds exactly like a unicorn But
0: (laughs) This is what a unicorn is supposed to sound like. Created right here by Scott. So, Scott, okay. So, for the people who have never heard of your work or who have never heard of you before. Why that don't you go ahead and give us a little description about yourself and uh, tell us what you've don't done?
3: Read I
0: don't know. Yeah, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah, anyone really, hasn't How heard can you not before, know?
5: Yeah, anyone who hasn't heard of me before probably does not speak any known language, so I wouldn't even know where to start. Really. <laughs> you know? So, I would say that they should go to uh, Wikipedia and look up Scott Lobdell, and then come right back here. Can you play some, like, little Wikipedia music for everybody? Maybe, like, something from uh, the Jeopardy theme or something, and then we'll just wait for them to come back.
0: It's not Alex Trebek anymore. It's Scott Lobdell. (laughs) (laughs) Who is Unicorn
5: Fuck?
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's just not coming up on my search.
2: (laughs) I was going to say, everybody should know who you are. I mean, you've done... God, like so much stuff with like the with Marvel back in the early days with the X Men and uh, Generation X. I mean, you created uh, Generation X. Well, I
5: will tell you something funny that happened. Was, I don't know if it's funny, but you know, like I wasn't the uh, I wasn't the biggest uh, internet person as far as following anything about me during the two thousands when I was mostly doing stuff out here in Hollywood and so when the new fifty two started five years ago it was really my first exposure to like message boards and stuff. And when it first started I was doing the three books, uh Superboy, Teen Titans and uh Red Hood. And people would uh I read and some you know, I was looking at the message boards and it was like common book resources and people were like well one person in particular was like uh why would they give Scott Lobdell three books? What has he ever done? Who's that, who knows who Scott? What, the, what is that about? <laughs> and I'm like, holy moly! Wow! I was totally like, I, I can't believe I had been off the comic book radar so much that you know, somebody who was on a message board would have no idea who I was. This pretty interesting. So, um, now everyone knows who I am. At least on the message boards, everybody is uh, have something to say almost every day. So. <laughs>
2: Good, bad, or otherwise?
5: Uh, Most, yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it.
2: So, for me, I got to say, I was actually, um, back in uh, 96, when they did the Generation X uh, made for TV movie. Um, Mm -hmm. I was, I know a lot of people bash that, but at the time, I think I was like 14, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was incredible because there was nothing else out there like that at that time. You didn't have X-Men or anything like that. The closest thing you had was, you know, the Incredible Hulk from the 70s. Like, you didn't have those types of shows out there. So, for me, it was like a godsend, and I was so mad that it never got turned into a series like it was supposed to. So, first of all, thank you for creating such cool characters that was able to turn into a made-for-TV-awesome movie for a teenager like myself (laughs) – and then also, what is it like having your characters that you created and a team that you created or had a hand in creating all of a sudden appear, even though it is a made-for-TV on Fox, appear on, you know, the Fox network?
5: I will have to say, to get chills when Angelo Espinosa introduced himself to Jubilee, and he's like, hi, I'm Angelo Espinosa. I was like, oh, my God. It was so cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, I've done a movie since then. I did a movie with Tommy Lee Jones. Called Man of the House, and that was you know, similarly not a movie that was well received, but it was still there's just nothing uh, you know there's just nothing more exciting than like you know having characters introduce themselves as something that when you think back to it, you know, like you know it was funny because I watched Generation X in a uh, at a screening event that they held and uh, at Marvel or for Marvel employees they held in a movie theater. And I thought it was great. And afterwards, uh, the lights come up and like six guys in the bullpen come up and they go, we're really sorry, dude. And I'm like, well, I thought it was awesome. You know? So, uh, you know, I guess I didn't see whatever shortcomings it had at the time, but, uh, but no, it was fun. And, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know this little secret backstory, but what happened was the ratings for the movie were really good. And, Fox was like, okay, let's do this as a TV series. And then Marvel was like, well, no, we have the rights. So um, since the ratings are so good, we're going to do it as a TV series instead. But we're going to own more. But we're going to take it. We're going to shop it around. We're going to do first-run syndication. And they went around to everybody and they said, we want to do this as a series. And everybody said no. And so they came back to Fox and said, oh, no, we're sorry. We'll, we'll do it as a series. And Fox was like, no. Nah, not interested anymore. So um, so there actually could have been a Fox uh, Generation X TV series that never uh, got off the ground. And then I guess uh, apparently they that, that's when they came up with this wholly new idea called uh, Mutant X. Remember that? Uh, I do. First I, it was Superman's mm-hmm. yeah,
2: Generation X.
5: Yeah, but it was interesting because apparently, uh, I don't know how they managed to do it, but it apparently it had nothing whatsoever to do with uh with uh, uh Marvel comics or mutants or anything. It's pretty uh, pretty staggering. I mean I think it's you know I think when you look there's not even like there's no Marvel credits on it. They're just like Marvel producers who had been involved with you know. So I don't know. I don't know how they managed to pull that one off.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I should get
5: the rights to mutant X. Oh wow that's interesting. I should get the rights to mutant X.
2: There you wow. go. Yeah, I don't, okay. I I actually went back. Uh, I mean, I have to I have to pirate it because I can't find it anywhere else unfortunately, but I actually went back and recently rewatched Generation X cuz I was like I want to see how it holds up now. And granted, you have to go in with the mindset of this was made in 96, obviously the special effects and things mm-hmm. are done from 96, and I still love it. I don't know if it's just nostalgia or what, but I love well, it. One of you my favorite- that, I thank you.
5: Thanks. One of my favorite things about that was, you know, I love like Hughes. I grew up like in love with her from when she was uh, Anna on, uh, on General Hospital. And uh, so when she showed up in this movie and it said she's going to be White Queen, I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. And then there's a scene where she is uh, walking down the steps of the uh, school outside and she's on these heels and the whole time she looks like, you know, just she's about to topple over it's so funny it's like you know she just says you know today they would have like, CG'd I in her uh her walking or something, but she was just uh she was terrified on um, she was walking down the steps, so I always <laughs> thought that was right too um one of the things too, I don't know if you know in the uh scene in the very last the very last scene where I guess her name is buff comes out and she's wearing uh the generation x costume Do
2: mm-hmm.
5: you remember that scene yes. Yeah, apparently the reason she is wearing it and there's only one person wearing it is because the budget only allowed it for one costume. So that is why uh, that costume shows up on the last, you know, that last shot of everybody going, oh, wow, look, there's, look at that costume we couldn't afford, you know, times five. <laughs> yeah. So that was... Uh,
2: I was going to say, I read something that they couldn't add in um, a couple of the characters, and they had to create some new ones. They had to create two new characters for the TV show due to budget constraints as well.
5: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they didn't uh, they didn't put in Chamber, which would have been yeah, awesome. Yeah, Chamber but and Husk, I think Chamber. it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which so. yeah. they yeah. probably could have if they were more creative. Maybe they, you know, spend a little less on Map period, you know what I'm saying? No.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. But
5: yeah, so. no, it's a fun, uh, fun, fun. Maybe they'll bring it back, but they won't. Well, they
0: fingers crossed. Fingers crossed.
5: Yeah, they don't even bring back regular regular Generation X. I don't know what that's about.
0: Now, but... what do you, do you have an opinion, though, on, have you been reading X-Men 92 and how they've been using Jubilee and Chamber? Uh, no, I haven't, how they've been using it. Uh, well, I mean, they're a couple in it and stuff, but I mean, they're kind of going off. Oh, they of, a couple? Yeah, and uh, oh, they have cute. it. They they kind of have it going off of. Um, they're kind of re- subtly revisiting all the stories through the '90s. So a lot of your stuff is touched on. They just got mm-hmm. through doing a little mini series of um, uh, Phoenix and Scott uh, adventures, basically, and with the whole Cable story from the future yeah yeah Yeah. and um but i mean i thought uh, you know i was sitting there and i'm like it's cool to see a character like chamber come back um throughout the 90s i mean i always thought he was like a cool character to begin with just because he was kind of unique and he was different um but uh, it's cool to see him come back now even though it's still something based in the 90s and it's not bringing him back to the current it's cool that he's still around as a character
5: well, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it kind of feels, I don't know, like, uh, Beatlemania. remember Beatlemania? Mm-hmm. you know, where like they couldn't get, uh, the Beatles back together again. So they got these guys that sounded like the Beatles and yeah, you know, yep. had them perform at uh, holiday inns across the country. So it's, you know, it's kind of like how I see, uh, you know, these, uh, I mean, both companies, especially last summer, they did this whole, like, uh, this whole, uh, they kind of mirrored each other's events, where they said, "Let's take all the interesting things that happened in in the last fifty years and do them over again." Yep. You know, or do versions of them. And I, I you know, I don't, uh, I don't understand. I mean, I guess I understand. I don't understand it in the sense that I think I would rather. You know, I don't know. You, you look at Hollywood this uh, season, and everybody's saying how the. Numbers in Hollywood are down because everything is a sequel and a remake and the audience has just gotten tired of it. And yet here we are, you know, over in, in our little comic uh, ghetto, and we're just doing the same thing. It's, you know, we're kind of, you know, it's all sequels and remakes and, you know, I don't, uh, I hope it works out better for comics than it has for, uh, Hollywood. Although. One could argue that, you know, a few billion they made this summer is still better than, you know, not making any money at all. But, um, so yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's always fun to see, uh, you know, I, but I don't, I don't, I didn't look at any of uh, like secret wars or any of that stuff. So I don't really know, you know, I mean, it's fun to see like, you know, catch a sight of a, a occasional cover and say, oh, that's kind of fun. But, you know, as far as, uh, Uh, I don't know if I want to tell this story out loud, but I guess I will. I've already told that at convention I can tell it on a podcast. Um, Feel free to tell us whatever. Yeah. Sure. Fabian uh, wrote to me and was like, "Um, Marvel wants us to do this Age of Apocalypse event for, uh, I think it was Secret Wars, and they don't want to ask you. They want me to ask you. I don't know why, but they want me to ask you. And I said, all right, you know, that sounds like fun. That'd be cool to do something together. And then as soon as I um, said that, I was like, oh man, why did I say that? It's going to be like so embarrassing because I don't want to do anything from the past. I want to do the next thing. I don't want to, you know, like I I don't uh, want to do, um, I want to go back and redo something I've already done. And so... But I thought, you know what, Fabian's doing it, and I should do it because it'll be fun to do it, and I said I would, blah, blah, blah. So three months go by, and I get an email from the editor, and the editor says, yeah, we've uh, thought about it, and we decided it'd be easier if we just did it with Fabian, so we're not going to do it with you. And I wrote back, and I said, that's kind of interesting. I've never actually been fired from a job that I wasn't, uh, given before so right Like the, the first time i heard <laughs> yeah the first time I, <laughs> I used to actually be fired i said it's kind of uh you know it reminded me of a, a time when i was at uh when i was trying to break in it took me about six years to break in and at one point i got a uh, uh rejection letter from dc and i was like well that's kind of weird i don't remember submitting anything to dc so i went to my file cabinet and i found this uh story that I had written for uh, I it was a ten page robin story, and I'm like, like, Oh my God, I forgot that I had even written this like five years five years later, and it made me laugh because I was like thinking, okay it's not bad enough that they don't like you but it's suddenly you get a uh an email uh, i mean a letter five five years later saying um just so you know we still think you suck, so we just were sitting around the offices and we came across this and we all kind of unanimously agree that five years later, you're still, you're still bad. So, um, so that's kind of how I felt when I, uh, got, uh, un on, un, un, attached to the, uh, ancient apocalypse story, which again, you know, like my first instinct was to say yes, but then, you know, you know, I, I guess it could easily sound like sour grapes, but at the time, as soon as I said yes, I was like, Oh man, why did I say that? Because I just, you know, I mean, I just think, you know, from a, uh, publishing point of view, like, you know, it's weird. I'll get, um, I'll get, uh, these packages from Marvel and lately they've been coming almost at least once a month, sometimes twice a month of, uh, trade paperbacks of, you know, fatal attractions or, you know, another version of, onslaught combined or, you know, a hardcover uh, age of apocalypse. I'm thinking it's so funny that they just, you know, like they, uh, clearly there are people there that are still buying, uh, lots of the work that I did in the nineties. And you know, when you think about it, it's over 20 years later. And in some cases, 25 years, later. And yet they, you know, it's so funny. They just can't seem to, uh, Marvel clearly is not interested in hiring you, but for some reason, you know, I, I think, I think someday they're going to find some guy down in, uh, uh, down in the reprint section. going to be like, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing? You keep sending out Scott LaBelle's work. Don't you know, no one at Marvel wants to read anything by Scott Bell. Are you crazy? So they're gonna. Uh, this poor guy is gonna get fired when they figure out that he's actually uh, still publishing all this stuff from the '90s. So I don't know who it is, but when you read about it in Unbleeding Pool, you'll know that uh, that's what happened.
0: Well, I was gonna say. I mean, for me, I think that it, the thing is right now is a lot of the people that read your work in the '90s. Are probably in their late mid late twenties to early thirties, maybe even mid thirties right I now. I thought you
5: were going to say that they were in their nineties. Uh, gonna- no, not at all. <laughs> no. Not at all.
0: I was going to say the people that basically are have the money to buy comics are probably buying your comics right now you know what I mean because they have the money to do so to relive that nostalgia because you created so many series that hold up till today I recently read um Executioner's song not even like, maybe like a year ago and it was just as good as ever I mean I've even gone through I've gone through age of apocalypse I think like three times or so even recently and it's just like okay this is solid you know and and mm-hmm. uh, it's just one of those things where I guess um, I'm surprised we don't see more of you, whether it be Marvel, DC, or just anybody, just because the stories you wrote probably are some of the biggest influences for uh, the people that write today.
5: Well, you know, it's interesting. The, um, you know, I did, uh, I think, um, you know, like when you look at the two Superman crossovers that I was all with, well, three, I guess. Um, the first one was Hell on Earth. The second one was uh, the Krypton, Return to Krypton or something. And then the third one was Doomsday. And uh, I started writing um, Superman, and I was telling them what my plans were for Hell, who was the character from, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it, it was turned to be a wound up being a, a clump of cells on a uh, ship that uh Jor-El had sent out hoping, you know, just to, trying to test to see if we could even make it to earth uh, and wound up becoming this character, hell. Um, but I was maybe halfway through the second issue and suddenly they said, Oh, um, this crossover is going to be great. And I'm like, what crossover and they're like, oh, we are doing a helcr, and there'd been this, <laughs> they drew up this banner headline and made it hell on earth, and I was like, okay, it was you know, so it wasn't anything that uh, I had planned on. And I also felt that we probably should have got a few issues under our belt before we uh, tried to do a crossover. But um, and then later on, uh, the Return to Krypton thing um, was actually supposed to be all the issue twenty fours of. Uh, Superman, Supergirl, Superboy, and Action Comics, and then four issues of 25, so that would have been essentially a weekly series for the uh, two months, and that was all planned, and then suddenly uh, they gave action to Greg Park, and then we got smushed from 24 into issue 25, so it was, was supposed to be a eight-issue series became a three-issue series. Um, and then with gener- uh, then with Doomsday, Doomsday was the first time that I was able to plan a big event that when we first started, it was the first time that all the Superman books across the board went to second printing because it was this huge uh, planned event. And I kind of feel like okay, I I it was an indication that I could still pull off a, you know, Age of Apocalypse or a Fatal Attractions or any one, you know, Onslaught or any one of those kind of events from the uh, 90s that at the time were uh, disparaged. But, you know, I'm sorry, at the time they were hugely popular. And then throughout 2000 they were widely disparaged as, you know, what caused the death of Marvel in the 90s and they had too many events and that, that. And now we're at a place where, you know, I don't think Marvel does anything but events, do they? Is that, I'm not trying to be...
0: No, that's flipped, pretty. Do do? I would say that's pretty yeah, that's, true. Yeah, um, that's there's fair. a lot of team books now, and it's a lot of events. Uh, just recently they started releasing more uh, single solo issues, but that wasn't until really recently. Mm-hmm.
5: You know, it's funny because I think if I was going to do any event over there, I'd do a special event where... Uh, heroes are actually fighting villains, I was going to, you know, I think I'd try to do something different. You know, instead of having all the superhero groups fighting each other, I'd actually have them go up against a bad guy or two. I think mean, that'd be kind of radical. But. So, doesn't it classic. seem like they're always fighting each other? Like, it seems all superhero teams just fight each other now. I don't know if it's me, but it just seems like it's a No, it is. But. I mean, you look at the Civil War, and then
1: we got Civil War 2. Uh, uh, Secret Wars. All the. Um, what was the other one? I mean, even
5: Convergence. Convergence was all yeah. about fighting each other, and you know. But I mean, I guess it works. I guess I don't know. I mean, I haven't. You know, I don't. I'm not. I'm not privy to the sales numbers or anything. But I do kind of think that. Uh, you know. I'll say this: like, I don't know. <clears throat> when we did the Age of Apocalypse, it was a pretty staggering thing because no one uh, could foresee it. Um, I don't know, like, can you, I mean, out of the three of you, like, what was the last staggering thing that happened in comics that you go, oh my God, I did not see that coming. So. Yeah. curious. That's,
0: nothing that's that long lasting. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's been like, What's oh, shock. I would say nothing that's been long lasting. Like, um, the last recent thing that really, I think kind of shocked me was everyone knows with uh, Spencer with the Captain America saying Hail Hydra. But that only (laughs) lasted a total of like maybe four issues before they kind of squashed the idea because Mm -hmm. so many people were mad. And I think that's a product (laughs) kind of of the Internet nowadays and how the Internet kind of social media rather influences people's opinions. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, they could have ran with it for like a year and everyone was like, oh, my God, no way. But it would have been like the same thing as like Robin dying in the 90s, you know what I mean? It would have took its course and eventually turned, and you would have had the people that complained, but, I mean, it would have probably sold books either way, you know? No, I agree Is with that you right there. They
5: actually, i sorry, did they
0: actually, oh, did no, they actually truncate
5: it, or it was going to be a short story anyway, They actually, have they come out and said that they, they truncated it, or...
0: Oh, what it sounds like is the, what they did is they're like okay well he's saying hail Hydra and then they went back and said that he was manipulated after he was brought back from some kind of death well basically what what was it tap he was like he, I guess he was like dead basically or he was going to die, and then they restarted with Secret Wars, and he came out of retirement and was brought back to his youth in Pleasant Hill with the new um, uh, Pleasant Hill event for Marvel, After, which was the first event after Secret Wars. And uh, they brought him back, and the way they brought him back to his youth was through a shard of a cosmic cube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after that happened, they said when he was brought back, the he was somehow manipulated into thinking that he grew up being hydra but it was like a brainwash thing at first in the yeah and the the issue originally all you heard was hail hydra and it shot up this like origin story with it then the next following (laughs) issue it basically was like just kidding he was brainwashed and it's not real almost yeah it's like the,
1: the basically the media influenced the story in my opinion
0: because there's so much of an outrage from this American hero basically being a Nazi.
2: But in all fairness, Nick Spencer did say that he already had this short arc already written out, already planned out and ready to go. So I don't know if that necessarily was truncated so to speak or if he really did that's how the arc was going to be and I mean He's I don't think I've read
0: anything that said otherwise. You know what I mean? It's like it's not confirmed, it's not Unconfirmed, so it's just like, Bleh. but but I mean,
2: conspiracy w- theories,
0: conspiracy exactly, mm-hmm. and I mean that might just be a play up to things. I mean, uh, but it
1: was on Nick I- Spencer's Twitter that he did say something that, yeah, this has already been um, written out. I think right. four or five issues, and just everybody be patient. And you'll see what's exactly. going to happen. Yep. But it seems to me that it changed. Just the way it reads and everything, it just doesn't feel like this was the original storyline.
0: Yeah, it it was like there was a bunch of momentum going, and then all of a sudden the issue hit, and it felt like all the momentum just, like, suddenly fell off, which was weird.
2: But enough about Nick Spencer. I got a question. (laughs) I got a question for you, Scott. So speaking of uh, (laughs) odd twists and whatnot, okay, so your current book, um, Rebirth, um, Red Hood and the Outlaws, you are bringing in some interesting characters to team up with red hood. Um, I'm mm-hmm. really excited for next month. Um, because this week, well, spoiler alert, by the time you should have read it, if you haven't read it by the time you hear this, fast forward five seconds. Um, at this one, you reveal at the very end of the arc, bizarro. Mm-hmm. Or at the end of the story, not the arc, the story you reveal at the end of the Artemis story, you reveal bizarro. Now, in the very beginning on, like, the Rebirth title, uh, me and Nova, when we were looking at it, we said, holy crap, because I think it was the actual Rebirth issue. It had the cover had Artemis and Bizarro and whatnot, and we were like, what the hell? Like, Bizarro's going to be one of the outlaws? So, Mm
5: -hmm.
2: we're very excited to see where this goes. I can't, I'm very excited uh, to see where this goes. Wait until you
5: find out, wait until you find out that he's a, a member of HYDRA. (laughs) that's gonna melt everybody's mind Uh, (laughs) he's gonna think he joined uh the u.s marines but because he's bizarre he's like me am hydra and everybody's gonna freak out well
2: i know a lot of people with the new 52 red hood it was kind of hit and miss with a lot of folks but this one it's i
5: wouldn't say a lot of folks i would say some folks
2: okay some folks it was hit and miss, but right now I got to say you're firing on all I cylinders would say, right now. I
5: would say most folks were hit and a teeny bit of folks were missed. I would say.
2: Fair enough. Right now I, I think you're firing on all cylinders right now, though. I love what you're currently doing. I like the new 50. I would say I right now,
5: I would say maybe 93% were hit <laughs> and 7% were missed. <laughs> I would say roughly. The-
1: so 7%, 7%, it just kind of went right over their heads then,
5: huh? Yeah. Well, right yeah. now you're firing on all cylinders.
2: I absolutely love what you're doing currently. I would
5: say I'm firing on 98% cylinders.
2: There you go. Fair enough.
5: 2% cement blocks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'm very excited to see where it goes. And for those of you guys haven't picked it up, go get it. It is phenomenal. It's a fun read. It's really, really fun. Like, it's just, it's a good time. It's a book that I look forward to because I know when I read it, it's going to just be, it's a lot of fun. I don't know how else to say it.
5: Now, you're kind of talking by yourself now, so I have to ask the other two guys, have you guys read uh, Red Hood?
0: I am not a DC guy. I will be honest with you right now. hmm mm-hmm. you, know, you can call me and biased. You can call me, this is Rusty. And I think all our listeners already know it's hard to get me to read DC, but I've been a Marvel fanboy for so long, it's just hard to get off the track for it now. If Nova was here,
2: he'd be all about it too. Nova's a huge DC guy. So if Nova was here, me and Nova do a rebirth, uh, an afterbirth of rebirth every Wednesday. And it's, Hmm. so we'll be actually this part of that. Yeah, we'll actually be discussing, um, this coming up Wednesday, we'll actually be discussing uh, your Artemis uh, story.
5: Do you discuss it live?
2: Uh, Well, me and him will probably record it here in a couple days, and then we'll release it on Wednesday. Would would you like to to join that conversation?
5: Yeah, you should. Yes, and I think not only that, but I
2: Yeah, if you're around...
5: Okay, but but I will do it on one condition, and that is in the next, between now and... uh... Oh, the interview, Rusty, read. <laughs> it, you can't – it's only three issues.
2: It is. I it's think a, it's it a a takes time read. to
5: read three issues.
2: It's a fun read, you guys. Seriously, pick it up. And, it's a fun and, read.
5: And also it's a good experiment because it's three issues. And since this is Rebirth, the idea is that can we set the clock for readers that know the characters but also readers that haven't known the characters up until now – So I think that you are actually, you know, I think TAP is part of the target audience, but I think you, Rusty, are the other half of that audience, and I think you owe it to your listeners throughout the world to conduct this uh, experiment and see if Red Hood and the Outlaws is not the book that finally drags you away from Marvel Comics into the warm embrace of uh, DC what do you okay. say, Rusty?
0: <laughs> okay, we got a deal here. It's only three, I will read. It's only them.
5: Three? Okay,
0: I you promise can get a hold you. Of them? Okay, I will promise you. I will get a hold of them. I can guarantee you that I can get a hold of them.
5: Okay, three is just—it only—it's going to take you like maybe twenty-five minutes, I would imagine, if that. Right? How long does it take Yeah,
2: they're fairly quick reads. Yeah,
5: actually, yeah, we have—I have think we have all three.
2: Numbers, anyway.
1: don't we have all three issues given to us by dc in our publicity
2: Um, you can only access the one because of the way Uh that they have it set up but you can access the artemis one which is the one that drops this wednesday but we have the other ones in our in our four guys thing so you guys are good so yeah you have them right now Rusty. you just need to grab a tablet and go read it
0: oh that's the thing like i will promise you this too each issue Mm -hmm. i enjoy I will go out to my comic <laughs> store and I will buy wow. that set issue. Okay, so wow. I will not I just Annie. be reading them for free. <laughs> I will be supporting you one hundred percent, and I will go out just, and buy each Rody issue. Popping up,
5: and see my check is going to go like, whoa! That'll be <laughs> right? another three cents. <laughs>
0: Yeah, It's going to be um, like, whoa, thank this guy for giving me those three said right? I like how Red is
5: like sitting there going, please don't ask me, please don't
1: ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for my turn. And you know what? I won't lie. I'm in the same boat with Rusty. I have not read it because as all our listeners on the um, podcast know, I really don't do much with Marvel. I don't do much with DC. I'm the image comic uh, voice of the group. But I will be doing this Well, the exact- you know
5: what's funny? People say people have been saying that, and I think Tap will back me up here. People have been saying that this Red Hood feels exactly like an image book if it were done for uh, DC. So. Yeah,
2: it's fun. It's a good read. Like, it's a lot of fun.
5: Yeah, yeah. I, no, no, no one has actually no funny. one has actually said that. But if you do that as a pull quote or something, people will be like, "Wow, <laughs> is that what people said?" No, actually, no one has said that, but. As Taylor Swift would say, that's what people say,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. <laughs> It'll be a so paraphrase quote. It'll be okay.
5: Yeah, no,
2: it's a, really, <laughs> it's a really fun read. I'm enjoying the heck out of it, you guys. Like, seriously, it's, it's, it's a good time.
5: And now you ruined it by telling that Bizarro shows up at the end of the Artemis issue. But Thanks, Ted. It's okay. Well, they it already and then they wouldn't know they should have read it already and then it would have been a spoiler but, uh, can we get that one more
3: yeah I can get it in there for you it was actually
2: on the Rebirth uh, cover though it kind of showed the team and whatnot. but now we're just kind of getting into the story of how the team's forming and yeah. how they're all meeting
5: well uh, you know the fun thing is, is that I will tell you that um, I uh, when Red Hood, when the first Red Hood and the Outlaws came out everybody was like Arsenal and, and uh, Starfire, Starfire doesn't make any sense. It's like those are two street characters. You can throw Arsenal and then throw Starfire in there and it doesn't make any sense. That's going to be terrible. And, you know, I love the fact that everybody thought it was going to be one thing and it became another thing. Um, similarly, like, you know, there are people that are complaining that the power levels on Red Hood and the Outlaws are too high because you have Artemis and you have Bizarro, but these are going to be... Uh, like I'll I'll, uh, talking about Bizarro for a minute, you know, too often as in maybe every single time Bizarro has been written, he's kind of written as this, uh, stupid child. And I, when I was looking at it and I was putting him in the book, I was like, you know, his name isn't El Stupido. It's Bizarro. You know, he shouldn't be stupid. He should just be bizarre. And since I, um, In my personal life, I've kind of marketed uh, the corner on on thinking bizarrely. I was like, okay, how do I make bizarre? bizarre? And so there's a scene that won't be out until the sixth or seventh issue where... Artemis and uh, Red Hood leave Bizarro alone in the bunker, and they throw a chain on him and they chain him to the radiator. Not that he can't get out, but he's kind of like a you know a junkyard dog who's like, oh, I got someone insane so he's sitting there. <laughs> and they give him a bunch of tinker toys to uh, tinker toys to play with. And while they're out, he's bored, so he builds a scale of the universe with the tinker toys because he wants to figure out how the universe works. And then he realizes that there's so much space between what he knows and what he doesn't know that he builds a scale of the non-universe within the universe. So he can study how the non-universe interacts with the known universe. And as he's uh, doing this, they come back and they open the door and they knock over his toys and they're like, Bizarro, pick up your toys. And we know that Bizarro is, you know, uh, brilliant on a, you know, on a a Russell Crowe, uh, uh, brilliant mind kind of the way he thinks is a way that no one has ever uh, thought prior uh, to him and so that's what's going to make him really cool is he's not just uh, this dumb Bizarro who speaks in his you know broken bizarre, but he's going to be a character who uh, is going to you know in his own way make Reed Richards and Lex Luthor look like they were uh, you know they're in uh uh, kindergarten together so um, so I think that'll be fun it's like you know and, and when I first started talking to the editors they're like well and I, and, but now they're totally on board on this idea of like you know this is a Bizarro that we have not seen before he's a bizarre, you know we put the Bizarro in Bizarro and it's going to be really fun so
2: I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it and you know Dexter Soy's art has been just top notch on it as well it's been a lot of fun to look at as well as read.
5: Yeah, I mean he's uh, you know, there's uh, a yeah, a lot of times like when I start to work with an artist, I don't know, I always like, well, what is the type of, you know, if you could draw any type of book, at all, what kind of draw book would you draw? And they'd say, "Well, I like, you know, uh a space book or I like, you know, go uh Batman, something dark and gritty." And then I can get a sense of like where they are and what their strengths are and maybe what their not strengths are. And with Dexter, we had worked together a few times on uh on on Red Hood uh, Red Hood Arsenal and so I had gotten kind of a sense of how he drew and what I love about him is that you can't um, I joke that I like asking him to do impossible things like there's a a page in (laughs) Red Hood number one I think where it's a full page splash of red hood leaping upside down into a, uh, limousine, shattering the windshield and shooting the guards as he's leaping in. And it was just, I mean, it's just so much fun because, you know, even the note from the editor was like, is this too much? And I said, no, (laughs) it's it'd be really fun. And then when you see it, it's just, you know, it's just really staggering what he, uh, There's been a few times, there's another issue we're just putting to bed today where, uh, uh, it's a full page splash where Red Hood, where Jason picks up, uh, Bizarro for the first time off the floor. He's just in a a puddle of water and it reminds him of how, you know, this, this Bizarro coming to life reminds him of how he came to back to life after he was, uh, dropped in the Lazarus bit by uh, Talia. And in it, there's a full-page splash where he's holding the sorrow and then you see in the puddle the reflection of uh, Talia holding him. And when I put it in the plot that this is what happens, he was like, oh, uh, that seems like a heavy lift. Can we do a different way around it? And I said, you know what? Let's let Dexter draw. And if it doesn't work, then... I'll, I'll write something else, but I think that he'll do it. And when you get to that page, it's just this gorgeous, you know, uh, poignant, beautiful page that he did. That you know, uh, it's just Dexter is one of those guys, one of those artists that you just can't ask anything of. That he's not going to turn around and deliver So I'm very very excited to be working with him. So very cool, very cool. And without naming names, I mean, there are guys like uh, across the years who. You know, some guys are better at character stuff, and some guys are better at environments, and some guys are better at action sequences. And But Dexter is one of those guys that can, uh, you know, draw anything. And so that's been a lot of fun. Well, so. kind
3: of- Which
5: is good, because with this series, he's going to have to draw everything, because you have, you know, this kind of uh, gritty uh, Red Hood character, and then you have, uh, finally, uh, Bazaar, who, you know, as, as we said, is going to be dealing with... Uh, you know, bizarre stories, whether it's, you know, alternate dimensions time travel, or anything else. And so um, it's good that he's going to be able to draw anything.
2: Well, kind of spinning off of that and the creative teams and whatnot, um, I put something out there to some fans on Facebook. And one of the questions that somebody had for you was um, that you worked on a few stories during the new 52, which was your favorite and best creative team on new 52.
5: Oh, you know what? That would be such a rude question to answer. Um
2: <laughs> They put it out there. I'm just asking. You don't have to answer.
5: Yeah, I don't know. I mean it's like, you know, I don't uh, you know, I uh I'll tell you this that um Growing Up Hill Street Blues was my favorite show.
1: Oh, I love that show.
5: And yeah, and uh A Team was my favorite show. Oh yes. yes. And uh Even, um, what was it, Greatest American Hero was my favorite show. And St. Elsewhere was my favorite show. Um, And currently my favorite show is uh, Cleverman on Netflix. But also uh, Stranger Things is my favorite show.
1: Stranger Things. Oh, that is awesome, awesome, isn't it? It's a
5: good show. Yeah. And Shield with Michael Chiklis is certainly my favorite show. And so I think that. just as there can be all these different types of shows and they're all my favorites. I'd have to say that, um, I can't think of anybody that I was not thrilled to work with, on uh, the new 52, but also, you know, I'll, I'll, go back. I mean, I can't, uh, you know, working with someone on a book is kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to say it's kind of like dating them. It's kind of, you know, is it dating? Is it a roommate situation? I don't know. I mean, it's like, you know, Um, but it is definitely a relationship that you establish with your artist, and uh, I would have to say that I really can't... uh, I can't think of a time that I didn't... uh... You know what? I'll tell you one story. Um, It was uh, Excalibur 31, (laughs) and it goes back many years, and They called me up, the editor called me up and said, listen, uh, we didn't realize that we need an issue and you have to, this was on a Friday, and they said, you have to get this issue done by next week and the only way we can do this is if you call the artist and tell him what the story is so that he can start today and then on Monday you can turn in the story and we'll talk about it. And I'm like, okay, so I came up with this idea for a story where a uh, night Carver comes on this uh, beach and uh, gets washed up on this beach and it turns out to be the Krakakoa. It was part of the Krakakoa Island, which was the first island that the uh, X-Men ever uh, battled in Uncanny X-Men number one. Right. And it was a, um, you know, Star was kind of a, a bizarre book kind of a fun book, and so I thought, okay, this would be wild if you land on an island, and instead of uh, Krakoa, it's the sound of Krakoa, and you have to deal with this problem. So I wrote the story, and the uh, sent it to the artist, and then got the story approved on Monday, and by then the artist had already turned in like four or five pages, and now the pages are being drawn, and then the artist says, you know what? I think it I, I thought'd be interesting if, if instead of what you wrote if instead this uh, he winds up washes up on the island and this uh, girl falls in love with him and she's in love with him and then uh, something else happens and I'm like okay well that doesn't really make any sense to me because you know he's this blue furry seaweed wet demon. Yellow-eyed, pointy-tailed, fanged, three-fingered creature that watches up on shore. I mean, I don't know what the rest of the guys on the island look like, but I would imagine—imagine <laughs> that—that's not really what you look for. And you know, I mean, maybe that even on you know Bachelor in Paradise, I think if that thing washed up on shore, people would have a you know second thoughts. And so. Um, As I started to script it, I'm like, okay, I don't like that story at all. So I wrote a third complete different story over the art, which is kind of interesting. So if you ever go back and read that story, if you look at the art, the art art is telling one story. And then I, in my stubborn uh, streak, wrote a different story on top of that story. So it's kind of fun. But um, that was really the only time that I can ever remember that I was like, you know, uh, in a situation where I was – you know, taking it back or not even, you know, it's kind of like when you go back to, um, when you go back to your first question about generation X and how much fun it is to see your characters on screen, I would say that heading into my, uh, 30th year of writing comics, it's still a thrill to get art. I mean, sometimes there's certain things where you're like, um, uh, you know, you ask for character A to say something and then for character B to be stunned by what character A said. Um, and then you get the art and character A is saying something and you see like the fingers of character B, you know, off to one side and you're like, that's, you know, I I don't really know how I can convey the emotion that I was kind of going for in this, you know, by not having one of the characters on or, you know, by having a reaction shot of the character B that takes up, you know, a third of the left-hand side of the page. So there's no real room for uh, the dialogue to get character B to react to something. So there are, you know, there's some technical frustrations that happen sometimes when you get hard back. But I'd have to say that, you know, all these years later, it's still so thrilling to... Uh, you know, get a story back and see it go from, you know, an idea to words to pencils to inks to colors to letters and then have it uh, show up on the stands is still um, exciting. So so my roundabout answer to um, that question is I'd have to say that I uh, really enjoyed working with everybody on uh, the new 52 and uh, anytime I've worked before so so that was maybe the longest roundaboutest answer to a direct question that i have ever uh, provided so.
0: and that's why they call <laughs> me unicorn bias and you it exactly. here
1: four guys in a comic. Uh,
0: <laughs> all right well scott i have one other question from a uh, fan of ours Um, It is actually from our old Four Guys member, uh, Cadis, or David, and um, he wanted me to ask you, because he could not find anywhere, and I don't think I've ever found an answer anywhere, about um, what your opinion was about, in Age of Apocalypse with the fight between Logan and Cyclops, with Cyclops losing his eye and Wolverine, or Logan, losing his hand. Um, what, do you have any insight on that, or what was the, uh, the story behind that exactly? I don't know if you've answered it before, but, uh, yeah, David was curious about it.
5: I would say that I, uh, one of the fun things about Age of Apocalypse And if you've reread it recently, you'll know that, you know, up until then and so many times since then, whenever you read a crossover, you know, it's like part one of 32 or part one of, you know, 16 or part, you know, 35 of 72 or whatever. It's always like, you know, you kind of are called on to read the books in a particular order. And... To me, the funnest part about writing Age of Apocalypse and writing the structure part was to say, okay, this is Age of Apocalypse Alpha and this is Omega, and in between we're going to be telling stories in each of the individual books. And the only thing we need from the writers particularly is to know that at the end of your fourth issue, your character has to be here in order to show up for the Alpha Omega story. I'm sorry, the Omega uh, H-blockless Omega story. Right. And that was, uh, and, and I remember sitting in the meeting and we were talking about it. And there's, I guess there are about eight other writers and then there are a whole bunch of artists and they were confused and they were all saying like, well, what are we supposed to do in our stories? And we go, well, you can do what you want in your stories. You just have to have them be here at the end of your story. That's the only thing you have to worry about. And so whatever you guys do within the structure of, you know, Wolverine or Factor X or, uh, you know, um, Generation Next, which was my book, um, you know, whatever happens in there is whatever you guys do. So, you know, if, like in my case, I was going to have uh, saber Tooth and Blink, battle, uh, Holocaust at the time. And so that's what I was doing in my stories, but it didn't impact what everybody else was doing in their stories. Um, and similarly, like I have zero recollection of anything having to do with Cyclops and, uh, Cyclops and Wolverine right? because I didn't write those stories. And at the time I was so busy that I, Will tell you honestly, I don't think I even read them, so I don't really have any memory of uh, Cyclops and uh, you know Cyclops losing his eye. I know that I guess he did have a an eye patch, right? At the in that
0: series, he just had like the I guess the one eye basically like covered, and then the other eye had the little half Cyclops visor thing. Uh huh.
5: Yeah. yeah, and then I know that you know we saw Wolverine without his uh, arm, but. So, I mean, I don't know, like, it's, uh, you know, I was responsible for the overall structure of the series and, uh, you know, going back in time and coming from X and how we were going to get out of it, how it series to the end. But, um, but I really didn't, uh, don't have any memory of that. So it sounds like a cool idea for a story, though.
0: I sure I have to say this though, uh, Generation uh-huh. Next was my favorite series within Age of Apocalypse. Oh, uh, whether it be of just the writing itself, but uh, also the colors in it. The colorists did a great job in Generation Next.
5: But you know what's funny is that we were we had this debate because Generation Next was only four issues old at the time, and they right. we had this big debate of do we not have them go back in this alternate age of apocalypse world um, because the series is too young and we're going to derail it. Or if we don't put them back, does that make it seem like, Oh, they're not really part of the X-Men universe. And so we rolled the dice and we said, you know what, we're all in and we're going to, you know, even though we are only four issues into the series, we're going to see what happens if we took them uh, and started them from scratch. In this age of apocalypse world and it wound up being really fun because it made us you know like you look at the chamber who started in generation X and then suddenly you're exposed to a world of what would happen if he hadn't blown out his uh, chest cavity and uh, what his whole you know, outlook on life would have been and we started to see the beginning of his relationship with us and then we see in a world where she didn't have to worry about the hero worship of her brother, uh, you know, Sam Guthrie and his time with the X-Men. So in that way, it turned out to be a a godsend in terms of, like, exploring the characters in a way and revealing a lot about them in Generation X that we wouldn't have been able to reveal about them in Generation X if we had just uh, started. So in a way, we kind of, I think it worked out really well. And um, I've told this story before on panels, but I'll tell you that, uh, you know, we talk, well, I can't really say her name, but um, I named, she's last name Espinosa was named after this girl that I was dating at the time and it uh, ended uh, horribly. And it was maybe the only, maybe three times in my life where I was ever like really sad about a breakup. And this happened during the month between, uh, issue three and four of generation X, uh, generation Next rather. And so when I sat down to write, uh, generation next, all I knew is, is that they were going to, uh, I knew I had to have, uh, Colossus and Kitty and, uh, Eliana in order to use them for, uh, uh, the age of Bob's Omega story. Right. So I knew that they had to be there, but then I was looking at the other characters. and I was so depressed over, um, breaking up with, uh, Miss Espinosa that I was like, you know what? Everybody dies. So I, um, so that's why everybody in generation next dies at the end of generation next is because I was really depressed about my breakup. So, um, so if I hadn't been broken up, we wouldn't never, never have had that great scene where uh, Paige is in that little, you know, concentration camp and the doors are closing and Peter looks at her and she looks at Peter and she realizes, oh, you're not going to save me and we're all going to die in here. And the door closes. Mm-hmm. Peter goes back to Kitty and was like, I tried. Kitty knows that he was lying. She was, he was lying to her. So. Um so had I not had that terrible breakup, who knows how that series would yeah. end, and maybe they all would have been like, you know, running through a field together saying, "Hey, we're Cynthia hey, you know, but as it was. So.
2: Well, I'm going to ask. Oh, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, you know, since you're on the topic of uh ex-girlfriends and stuff like that, I could really use some help deciphering this um, m- cryptic message we got from you this morning uh from from Amby.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, I was I don't know. It's weird. My phone just started like you know I don't know if that was I hope it wasn't hacked, but it was. Uh, sometimes I forget to upgrade, and suddenly like my phone was just sending out you know bit emojis and you know going into a uh, uh, Pandora which I don't even have. It was just like my phone was been. And I had slept in my office last night, and so my... Uh, Ambie was just checking in with me, and I was like, oh, this is a picture of you from last night when you fell asleep next to the dog. And then it got sent to you, so it was very weird.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> Your phone got
5: possessed. <laughs> yeah, my phone possessed though. but I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to have to like get this thing in water. It's so interesting to me that we live in a world of, like, passwords and you know uh thumb protected phone devices where you put your thumb on the phone and it comes up i mean it's like it's just such an odd world to find oneself living in like you know when i was a kid the funniest thing you could say to somebody was like okay you can't get in what's the password and you're like oh the password i don't know uh unicorn but no that's not the password uh you don't know the password but, you know, it's just this alien concept, you know, just this fun little thing that kids would talk about. And now here we live in a world where, like, you know, every aspect of our life is, like, you know, password protected. And what a, what a bizarre word, protected, because it, how protected is it really? But, you know, I mean, it's like your email, your Instagram, your Facebook, your, uh, you know, online banking, your I mean, it all has, it's it's just, you know, it's all pretty crazy. And you guys are young enough to, I mean, did you guys grow up with passwords or not?
2: No, not until, like, late high school, probably. I remember
1: remember when, I remember when middle school.
5: Yeah, I remember when PCs came out, okay. (laughs) Uh, So, um. Do we even have passwords to get into, like, uh. Uh, what is it, Prodigy and stuff? I mean were there I don't even remember passwords or nope,
2: no you said I mean, the floppy that... disk. <laughs> no, you just
1: you just logged into DOS and that was it. Um, Hi Turtle, got, show
2: you... turtle, you know. Yeah, right. Um so one last question that I personally have for you, um, is from one of our longtime big fans, Toe, and he was wanting to know what it was like working directly with Stan Lee for the film Mosaic.
5: Anytime you work with Stan, I've worked with him a few times is really fun because he's always really positive in his, uh, support. Like, I don't think he's, uh, you know, I don't think I've ever, uh, I don't think I've ever gotten a, uh, a negative. I don't think I've ever gotten a note from Stan that was at all, you know, like, uh, (laughs) I know how I say this without uh, writing someone else out, but, uh, Everyone's all going a note going, you know, from somebody, I'll turn something in, in and be like, yeah, that's kind of cliche. Can we do better? And I'm like, you know, which is kind of always this thing because nobody ever, like, sets out to write something that's cliche. So, yeah. you know, for somebody, I mean, you know, nobody ever goes, oh, my God, that's such a great cliche. You had it. So um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> or come back to you five know, years later saying we still don't like your work.
5: <laughs> yeah. Just click uh, still cliche. Um, but no, Stan is, uh, Stan's just a really fun guy to, uh, to work with always. And so, uh, I'd have to say, I, I remember like, I don't know if this answers your question. It probably doesn't, but it's kind of a fun thing when, uh, the very first time Stan and I met, well, actually, no, the second time Stan and I met, we were, uh, had to go to this pizza hut, uh, thing that you guys probably all remember that pizza video from years ago. Um, it was like me, Bob Harris. Fabian, and Stan, and do you guys know what I'm talking about better?
0: Promoting the X-Men comics.
5: Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So we had this I've like full ramp. It. Oh, really? It's on. I'm sure it's on the internet. You should. Oh, find it. In fact, I remember seeing fact, the ads see. in comics. In fact, let's do this. Ready? <clears throat> hey, play that clip of that. <laughs> and then add in the clip. All right,
2: Rusty. Add in the add in the audio clip.
5: Okay, and then let's all come out of it and go. Wasn't that crazy?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was so crazy. Wow! Oh my God, I looked so young. You, I couldn't imagine.
5: Yeah. Um, So what happened was after we left, we went out and we were maybe like forty blocks from from Marvel, and we went out and Sam was in such (laughs) such a rush to get back because he really had nothing to say to us. So he was like, "Okay, let's. Okay, well, let's go." And he stepped out in the uh, street to hail a cab, and it, like, flew right by him. And he goes, oh, you didn't even see me. And I go, well, Stan, that was an ambulance. You just tried to he just tried to find down an ambulance. And he's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't thinking. So I said, you know, maybe if you fall to the ground, maybe another ambulance will pull over. He laughed. Um, so that was uh, that was fun. He's a fun guy. But yeah, it's funny because maybe, like, for the first four or five times, I saw Stan he would always tell me how I was his favorite artist and what a great job I was doing on the X-Men and the art was amazing and I would, be, would always be very uh, thankful for um, the compliment but. and then over the years he figured out I was a writer and then we started working together and that's, you know. <laughs> that's
0: funny uh, rough that's so rough so I was
5: kind of wondering the first story the first time I met Stanley I was 16 years old and my father had brought me to a comic book convention in Manhattan. It was at the Roosevelt Hotel, which I think later became the Grand Hyatt. And hey. it was over, yeah, it I, was I over the,
2: Hyatt, so oh, okay. <laughs>
5: So it was over the um, uh, Grand Central Station. And so we were leaving and we passed by a boardroom and there was Stanley with about 40 people that had rushed to him after his panel to get autographs. And this was, you know, years ago. So it was before, you know, security and, you know, I mean, now Stan can't walk anywhere without, you know, an entourage of a bunch of people and security guards and everything, especially, you know, at the bigger convention. But back then it was just Stan. He gave a talk. And when he was done, everybody ran up to get an autograph. And I turned to my father. I'm like, oh, my God, Dad, that's Stan Lee. I got to get his autograph. And he said, well, you know, the train is leaving in 10 minutes, we got our tickets, but, you know, like, I don't know how you're going to get him to sign anything, but if you want. And I grabbed room 10 and I went up and I went up to the um, boardroom table and I climbed under it and I came up behind him. And I had this book. And he goes, well, that's one way to do it. And he takes the book and he signs it. And then I ran off. I got my train, but, you know, so. I, uh, so this was my first uh, meeting with Stan. I actually like climbed up behind him with a group of like 30, 40 people, and I like, got on the sign so. That's cool.
2: That's
5: Can we
0: really show cool. that clip? Let's show that clip.
2: <laughs>
0: Let's go back in time.
2: <laughs> <Do-do-do-do-do-do-do>.
5: <laughs> you all do that wobbly face thing like they did on *Gog pilot
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. But no, that's cool. That's a really cool story. I mean. Uh, I mean, obviously, Stan Lee, in his older years now, we're not going to see him at Comic-Cons anymore. So, I mean, to be one of those people, I mean, regardless of if you worked with him or not, to even if you didn't, just be like, hey, you know, I met him. It is one of those cool things now. And like I said, because he is getting older in age.
5: Well, you know what's funny is, I was at this convention uh, in Palm Springs a few weeks ago, and I... Uh, you know, I kind of, I do silly things a lot of times just to amuse myself. And what happens after the day was done, it was on a Saturday and I came up, there's a huge crowd of people, like 250 people online, standing in line in the lobby. And as I, you know, whenever there's a crowd of people online, I always call up, I go, what are you online for? Everybody's like, oh, uh, dinner with Stan Lee, dinner with Stan Lee. So I said, oh, okay. So I'm waiting for my friend and, Suddenly these security people and convention people come out and they're like, "Going, everybody, if you're here, please move to the left. Everybody, if you're here for the Stanley dinner, move to your left. And it turned out to get his scooter by that, you know, he was on the scooter and they needed the room for him to do that. But they kept, you know, going up every 10, 15 people and they'd say, everybody, if you're here for the Stanley dinner, please move to your left. So I'm waiting for my friends. I'm really bored. So I'm like, "Okay, this will be funny. So I go up and I say, excuse me, excuse me. And the pocket of like twenty people would stop talking. They'd be like, "Yeah," and I go, um, "Please, uh, Stanley is ninety-four years old. So if it takes him a while to bring you your food, please do not yell at him. It's you know he's gonna uh, seat you first, and then he'll take your order and he'll bring you your food. But please be patient with him. You know."
3: <laughs>
5: and so often people laugh laughing. Everyone, everyone talking, to people be like, "But." I we I, I thought this was going to be a buffet. No, not a buffet. Going to be bringing you your food. Sometimes you might get your order confused, but please, just <laughs> whatever he brings you to bring, eat. And <laughs> yeah. I did this for all 200 plates. that kept going back, you know, going down the line and it was pretty fun. So I don't know why I did that, and I don't know how many of them are like, Boy, Scarlett was really weird," or if they thought, "Who is that?" or "Why?" would someone <laughs> randomly go through and talk to a bunch of people they didn't know and make up something stupid. So, but, well, like I say, sometimes That's I cool. do things just to amuse myself.
1: So. You got to in life. That sounds like something I would you do got myself. To. Yes. It's fun. Not? And just, just to get the um, reactions from the people too, you know, just to see how they're going to react to it.
5: Yeah. And you know what's funny is, this, is it, I would not be, honest to God, I would not be surprised if like the next morning people aren't like Skaldell is making ageist humor, and, uh, you know, why is he even writing comic books? He should not write any character that's over 30 because he's clearly ageist. You know, <laughs> not as expected, but it was
1: added to your list because, of controversial material, right?
5: <laughs> yeah, those are just the times the times we live in. So Yes, exactly. There's, it is. You know, it's funny, I don't know if you've been following my Twitter feed, but the last few weeks, people, you know, you get these people that are angry that, uh, Jason is not bi and Latino. They, that, You know, I guess people on Tumblr have decided Jason should be bi and Latino, and now it has fallen upon me to, uh, reimagine the character as bi and Latino, and if not, then I'm somehow, you know, uh, I'm a, a 2 am actually racist and homophobic, so, um... <laughs>
2: Which is crazy because is... you're actually responsible for Northstar coming out as, as yeah, uh, Star, being Marvel's Bunker first gay character. And, yeah. And yeah. yeah. uh, DC's like, first gay character. Make, yeah. I mean, come on,
1: man. I mean, you, bro- Curry, you broke that and... whole thing from Marvel not allowing, you know, public gay characters. I mean, come on. The gym they...
0: shooter uh, <laughs> stuff, yeah. I mean, don't they yeah,
5: no, know...
1: Yeah,
5: no, I mean, they don't. And it's like, you know, like, just, I guess it was yesterday, somebody was, like, saying, uh, I said, look, I I don't really have any interest in taking an existing character and, you know, not like a werewolf fight. You don't get bitten by a werewolf and become bi. You know, like, you don't, you know, it's like, either you're bi or you're homosexual or you're not, I mean, as near as I understand, you know, human sexuality. But then someone was like, well, if you wanted to create a character that was, uh, homosexual by, why don't you? And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, That's when you know all reach through your that. phone
1: and slap them, isn't it? <laughs>
5: yeah, and, and maybe my phone will do it anyway, the way it's been acting. I don't know. But it's, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, it's so funny. It's like, you know, I, I mean, there are things that I've done that um, I can understand why they became controversial after the fact. And there are even things like the scam thing. I could see somebody, you know, I could see, okay, they didn't get the joke and they don't think it's funny and it's not making fun. And so I can even appreciate that. But when I'm accused of, you know, doing things that I really had nothing, I really have virtually nothing to do with, I think it's kind of, uh, I mean, but even those are, you're not protected against those on, on the Internet either. So it's kind of interesting. So. Yeah. But, you know, some people on Twitter are like, uh, no, Scott's created a bunch of characters like that. And other people are like, yeah, you told him. It's like okay. Yeah, he told this person told me something I already knew. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: <laughs>
5: it's pretty funny, but but I don't know.
2: Well, thank you very much for coming on and discussing uh, your work with us. It's greatly appreciated. And uh, Nova actually just texted me um, and said that he was having some issues um, with his car today, but um he said that uh if you're if you serious if you're serious and you want to come on with us when we do rebirth this week and discuss uh, the red hood he said that he would love to be able to talk with you
5: well you can touch nova back and explain
0: to him that it is not up to me oh it it's, it's up, up to, to rusty
2: you. and red to read uh, yeah red hood
0: <laughs> and don't yeah. worry it'll so, happen we it i will it, ensure nova that things will be a go
1: it will be done, okay. and uh, Rusty and I will come on, and we'll uh, give our thoughts and we'll, uh, on it as well.
0: Okay, and you know what? I mean, I'm, I'm sure
5: you're all very polite people, but I think you should just, um, I mean, I hope you give me your straight-ahead thoughts and not your, um, you know.
0: I give you um, my well, word. I'll either tell you I enjoyed it or I'll tell you it's... Uh, I know. I will be blunt. I will tell you right now. And if you heard our great.
1: podcast, I'm, I i tell Rob Liefeld all the time when I think of his stuff.
5: <laughs> cool. It's Robin on there? no (laughs) no he he will not Uh,
0: we had an incident with Rob. we had had a twitter 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 incident (laughs) with liefeld and uh ever since then he will not talk to us for some he hasn't blocked us like he has done many people but he just occasionally likes something and then he'll go back to doing his own thing
1: yeah him and i Mm -hmm. went around on twitter with with an issue (laughs) Mm -hmm. but but yeah don't worry yeah don't worry scott i'll give you i'll we'll give you our fair honest opinions
5: you know, it's there's this, I don't, I don't want to get the name wrong, I don't know what it is, but uh, there's a website, and, you know, all these reviews of, uh, the reviews on Redhead and the Outlaws have been really strong, and there's this one particular Batman-related website where I was reading the reviews, and everything was like, well, you know, we all expected it to suck really badly because it was Bob out, but this is really good, and, you know, We were surprised because when we first read it, we knew it was going to suck. But then it turned out, and, you know, I'm like, okay, well, thanks for that, I guess. But I was reading it, and a week later, there's an article where they interviewed the uh, letterer. And I'm like, well, that is maybe the most bizarre uh, interview I've ever read. Like I don't. You know, a, a new book comes out. You get people letter. So yeah. I wrote to the guy and I said, "Look, you know that's great. You did an article on that on the letter, but why wouldn't you do the article on? I mean, why wouldn't you interview uh, me uh, about it? Yeah. And they go, "Well, you know, it's because we're really hard on you all the time, and uh, our readers are hard on you." And so we wouldn't think that you would do an interview with us. And I go, I don't, yeah, I said, I don't care if you're hard on me. I said, you're well, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not, you know, looking for a fan club. I'm just, you know, if you want to talk about the book, we should talk about the book. That's great. And so they have written this whole list of uh, questions and now I guess this weekend I'm supposed to go over and uh, answer the questions, but it was funny because, their feeling was like, well, you know, we are so mean to you that we didn't think you would ever want to do a, uh, an interview with us. Like, Oh, well, I'd be happy to do an interview with you. And not only that, I can also like straighten out a lot of your like total misperceptions yeah. of, you know, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like, um, I, when I took on, when, when I did Teen type, everybody mm-hmm. at DC was doing this first person narration. And, you know, like, you know, my name is Dick, uh, or, you know, my name is Tim Drake, and I'm a member of Teen Titans, and the editor called me up and said, you know, everybody else is doing that voice, where you do, like, third third person omnipresent. So, I'm like, okay. So, then I started doing third person omnipresent, and then, you know, the internet, people were like, oh, his stuff is so dated, he's not writing like everybody else, and even now, like, when I do captions, people, you know, like, especially on this website, people are like, oh, he has so many captions a day, and he just says the things, you know, that um, we already see in the artwork, and I'm thinking, I don't really, you know, I'm not like one of these Murphy Anderson types who are like, I have a gun in my hand, and now I'm going to shoot you, you know, it's like, okay, we can see the gun in your hand, so I can talk about why he wants to shoot you, or, you know what's going to happen after you get shot, but you don't need to see, you don't need to talk about what's in the artwork. So I don't talk about what's in the artwork, but anybody, anytime anybody sees captions, they decide, oh, he's talking about the artwork. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not talking about the artwork. But the other thing is that people are like, oh, Lobdell doesn't know how to write. Uh, nowadays, he's only writing like stuff from the 90s with captions in it. And I said to the side who I was talking, to him, I said, you know, that's a perfectly, that's a very example of a misconception. Like I, Wrote uh, X Men uh, X Men Wildcats number one with um, uh, Zealot and Wolverine by Travis Shrey without any captions, without any sound effects, without any uh, thought balloons. And when I did X Men Wild, I'm sorry, when I did Wildcats, when I relaunched Wildcats again, I tried to treat it exactly like a the movie. There was nothing that there's no information that we had on the characters that weren't revealed through dialogue. And so really that was back in 98. So in 98, I was already one of the first guys writing without any, you know, this kind of naturalistic stuff that we see today a lot of, but that was stuff that I was doing like 98, which was what, 20, 20 years ago. And so, you know, when I go online and people are like, Oh, love the only writes this. To... like, you know, Lobdell can write whatever way Lobdell is writing a particular story mm-hmm. whenever Lobdell is writing it, you know, like, but, you know, but it's funny because, you know, you just have to say something online and it becomes the truth. And then everybody's like, oh, well, that's, you know, Lobdell can only write, you know, the same way he used to write. So I know 60 years ago, oh my god. they will be saying that. they <laughs> will be saying that in 30 years too. But, um, but so I know I just kind of think it's interesting. So.
1: And speaking of you know, think
5: any of you guys but you sounded very uninterested
1: in that. <laughs> no, I'm really enjoying your story. But I was gonna say, you know, talking about uh, you know, reading the comic reviews online and stuff, you know, here at Four Guys and Com we we do, you know, daily uh, reviews on um, Facebook. And we have a nice little staff. I think what were what we up to now? About like twenty some people that write reviews for us.
0: Uh, and I'm, yeah, someone. Yeah, so.
1: and I'm looking back. We do actually have a review for Red Hood and the Outlaws number one back on August 24th by our reviewer
5: Dandy, and it was a positive one for you, Scott. <laughs> well, no, they were all. I mean, the the Red Hood ones were were very positive, and you know, I don't. Um, I mean, it doesn't. You know, like. Like, certainly over the years, people will say things, and it doesn't really, you know what, I'll I'll say this, when somebody writes something about you, and it's so bizarre, that it doesn't really, it can't really affect you, because they're not talking about you, they're talking about their perception of you, Mm -hmm. you know, so when I look in a message board, and somebody's like, oh, he can't write, it's like, okay, well, that's fine. That's the reality you live in, but it's not real, you know, you know, a good review is I, this is what I liked about this, what I didn't like about it. And this is why I didn't like it. That's why I did like it. But sometimes you get those reviews that are like the equivalent of saying like, you know, I liked, uh, die hard, but it would have been better if it were a musical. You know, it's like, okay, it's not a musical. So, <laughs> you know, this book isn't, you know, this story isn't what you wanted it to be. So let's talk about, you know, the story that I wrote, not the story that you Decided you would rather mm-hmm. read, you know what I mean, and Talk so, about what I wrote. You know, when you get a review, what's that,
1: yeah, like you're saying, write what? about what I wrote, and if you don't like it, have a little bit of constructive criticism to go along with it.
5: Mm-hmm. You know. and you know, it, yeah, it's funny too. You know, it's to um, you, uh, you know, remember like when I used to write Generation X and X Men, books? you know, I used to do all those quote-unquote rooftop issues where. After a big crossover, they'd, you know, play a baseball game or they had the Thanksgiving dinner or, you know, uh, Jubilee, you know, Hank and um, Warren tried to put together the old bar and Jubilee tried to teach Professor X how to rollerblade. You know, I don't remember that scene, but, you know, mostly what I've always done is I've tried to, even within a big story, to tell the really smaller moments in the big story. And I think that that's what I like to do mostly. And even when you read uh, Red Hood Number One, you know, there's a scene where they're having uh, eating fast food on the, on the roof of the Batmobile, and there is a one page sequence before that where um, Batman and Jason actually go through the drive through and order, but they had me take it out. <laughs> I think I have a team in there was was right, I'm right. but you know, and then you'll you know, not you'll, but I'll see somebody online, a few years ago somebody was like, you know, Lobdell is like the Michael Bay of comics, he only cares about explosions, and people are like, yeah, he is, and now every once in a while you read, like, you know, people are like, well, you know he's like the Michael Bay, he doesn't care about story or character, he only cares about explosions, and it's like, okay, well, so now there's this whole alternate reality Scott Lobdell that exists, who only cares about explosions and that's what people read when they read and that's what people think. And that's what people have decided I do. And, you know, so again, it's like it doesn't really have anything to do with me because it's not what I write or who I am, but it's out there and it's kind of, you know, so it's interesting to, to see. But yeah. And again, even to like I was telling you today about the uh, Jason thing, you know, now there's a, Whole subsection of Twitter that's going to be like, well, we all he's homophobic because he doesn't want to use them. it's like yeah, whatever. So, um, so I don't know. I mean, you guys probably don't get that in your lives, do you, or do you?
3: Yeah. No, that, that, no I mean, that,
5: like that, in your that. daily life, you don't. You, you don't necessarily. I mean, I know all three of you have secret identities, which is kind of interesting. I've never actually talked to to yeah. uh, podcasters who have secret identities, but not only do you have secret identities, but then you tell me what your secret identities are, which is even more interesting. But but, I mean, like, it's kind of, like, I don't know. It's interesting Or, or you too. think we did. <laughs> it's say, what oh, you that's think you Maybe know. there's an even third secret identity. Maybe you're all Hydra hey, I'm... Just for all I know.
1: Hey, 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 hey. We didn't so say, say anything about Get Hydra, out. buddy. Or so, take it. You
5: even got my fedora. But, like I say, I mean, it's like, you know, if you don't have that in your life, you know, to have, like, this is who I am and yet this is what people's perception of me is you know out there in the world that's kind of an interesting Mm -hmm. phenomenon so that's what people say that's what people say Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
5: (laughs) so we should use some of that music in there can you use some can you use some of her music or will she sue she'd probably sue us. she probably
0: sue she won't
5: sue she loves us (laughs) <laughs> uh, all right. Christmas so legal stuff. fees
0: will be paid for by Scott. God, yeah. <laughs> oh, and well, that's the case. It'll, be, it'll <laughs> be taken care of by Unicorn Butt. Unicorn Butt.
2: <laughs>
5: from the three cents that I get from Rusty's uh, in-store purchase.
3: Yes. yes.
1: we we'll <laughs> make it six cents because I'll, I, because I, I'll match it.
5: <laughs> there you go. And do me a favor. If you actually do love exist, and you will, and you go into the store and you take a picture... You have to, t- I mean, if you go into the store to buy the comics, you have to take a picture of yourself in the store buying the comics, okay?
0: Oh, yeah, That's then not you got to post it on our Twitter feed. You got, we'll post it on yeah. our Twitter feed, you post it on yours, and if you're lucky, I'll do a video.
5: Okay, and if not, then you can, um, if you don't like them, you could do a a, a picture of uh, you throwing your iPod in the trash. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh awesome it'll just be me handing the uh the uh, comic issue to the dog and it'll just be like here you go
5: do you have a dog that's so cute i have three
0: yeah man i got a
5: chocolate lab she's great i have a white white uh kind of a white lab so
0: oh cool what are your uh, other two dogs you said you have three
5: uh a white german shepherd and a white terrier they all just have maybe three white dogs they're really cute Oh, okay. I will send a picture of it, so when you do your uh, podcast, you can uh, you can use it to promote it. Sounds I have a good. A picture of the three of them, and then everybody will like it because everybody loves dogs.
0: And if they don't like dogs, they're not to be trusted. Yeah, hail Hydra! Hail Hydra! <laughs> hey, come on! <laughs> all right, all right. Well. Scott, I think that we are uh, getting to the uh, close here. We're going over an hour and a half now. Um, we want to thank you again for coming on the show and talking to us. And uh, we, I, yes. I'm going to guarantee you we will be talking to you soon. Yeah,
5: here in a couple you minutes. Know, out of everything that you heard in the last hour and a half, what do you think was the most boring part that I did? What was my most boring answer? Do you each get to together your your, your your version of what do you think? If you're going to cut something out, which would you cut out?
0: Red Skull gets to go first.
1: I uh, get to go first. Okay, what do, uh if anything to cut out. Oh boy, put me on the spot here. Um I can't well,
0: think tap. of
2: any if tap. Tap. you have it. an
0: uh, uh, an instant answer.
2: Yeah, when we we're talking about Nick Spencer and Hill Hydra, that can go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who cares about Nick Spencer? This isn't the Nick
5: Spencer show. Exactly. There, yeah. Exactly. He go.
2: won't even respond back to us on Twitter, so this is all about Scott.
5: Let him get his own podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah.
5: Okay. Um, well, I'll accept that as a group answer.
0: Yes, that's a good group
5: answer. And have any of say. you have any of you three seen uh, Cleverman yet? I have no, not. I have not. It's a new series. It's on Netflix. It's six episodes long. It's Australian, so it, it's a little different from uh, an American television series in the pacing. And I have to say the last, uh, the last episode was just like it's, they rushed through a whole season in, <laughs> in an episode. It was pretty astounding to watch. But it's still, um, it's really like if you like Stranger Things, you'll like that. It's really uh, cool. And so I would recommend that you guys. Uh,
2: what was it called? It's only Again? six
5: hours in. It started in two sixty. Cleverman. It's C-L-E-V-E-R-M-A-N. And right. it's an odd title, and oh, it's yep, uh, but it it's on uh, yeah, it's Australian Sundance uh, put it together, and now it's on Netflix. And uh, I can't say enough nice things about it. It's really uh, it's a show you wouldn't see in America. Powerful normally. being so.
2: known as Harry's. Hey, I'll give that a try.
5: I'm just about ready.
1: I'm just about finishing up my Netflix show that I'm watching now. Is it uh, the IT Crowd, a British comedy, which is actually pretty oh, yeah, enjoyable. Yeah.
0: I was about to say, after this, I'm just going to be editing articles for uh, for the website. So uh, as I'm editing, I'm sure it'll be uh, something to put on.
5: Yeah, and it's really, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's different. And I would like, uh, uh, like you know, I think uh, it's like Stranger Things. I think people are going to be hearing more and more about it in weeks to come. So.
3: Oh,
5: that's uh, very pleasure. cool. All right, well, thank you, guys. It was tremendously fun, and uh, yes. I'll talk to you soon. And I'll talk to you uh, sometime between
0: now and then. Yes, yes. Sounds, yes. sounds good, thank man. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. Check us out, 4 and follow us on social media, Twitter, at number4guysinacomic, Facebook, keyword 4 comic. Also, check out popnerdtv.com and contv.com. Until next time.